0: Sleepy town settling in for hey witch hey hey witch hey i have a heating pad on my back what happened what'd you do i think i'm just looking down too much oh i think i get the i get the phone neck the phone neck the The phone tree neck Foundry day was that um (laughs) break neck the broken neck lady broke wait what do they call it oh no i was thinking of broke break bone fever oh i was thinking (laughs) broke back mountain i was like oh you're samuel diaz today (laughs) and you are who are who are you today who if you who am i today I'm I don't know. I was going to say hungover girl, but I'm not hungover anymore. That was earlier. You're not um What was I I was picturing you like Jillian today with a cigarette and a cup of tea, but that's <laughs> very uh very Donna. Are you don't you could be Donna today. Are you feeling a little crusty around the edges? Yeah, cuz I I mean I haven't showered yet. So <laughs> I'm just I'm just nursing my cold brew with my I have I don't know if you could see it. I have a little skull ice cube. Wait, hold on. Oh my god, that's cute floating around (laughs) knocking into your teeth just some dead guy floating in my coffee i like that cup yeah it's cute nice squatty cup (laughs) i'm christina i'm justina welcome to magnolia street welcome to the party to the block party Ooh, we need to make t-shirts that say welcome to the block party uh you know what i was just while we were starting up our cameras i was looking to see how expensive a custom street sign is (gasps) because i think Ooh, I want a magnolia put, street sign i think we should put magnolia street somewhere in our studios i think that'd be cute that's so cute or if anybody wants to send them to us we'll let you know where to send them <laughs> we could sell them too like if we could find a a, a supplier to make those yeah we could sell them too. as merch mm-hmm. we're the one and only practical magic fandom podcast and we hope you really enjoyed last week's episode that was like what four hours almost stevie mcfudge and nicks Stevie and next, which is also future merch. <laughs> I had some other anecdotes to add to that episode. Um, so remember how we were talking about? We talked a lot about stuff in like mentions in pop culture and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. All right, so there's actually a mini series. I think it's on Amazon called Daisy Jones and the Six. Um, so this show is very, very loosely based on. Fleetwood Mac. It's based on Taylor Jenkins Reid's best-selling novel of the same name. And it basically details the rise and fall of a fictional 70s rock band. There's an enigmatic front woman, and her name is Daisy Jones. And Mm -hmm. I guess she's based on Stevie Nicks. Cool. Um, Yeah, and she's played by Riley. I don't know how to say her last name. Kof? Kioff? I think she's Lisa Marie Presley's daughter. Oh, yeah. Okay. She plays daisy jones i have not watched any of it my dad actually told me about it a couple of weeks ago before we even recorded this the stevie episode wow and it completely just like left my brain i completely forgot about it because like i haven't watched it i don't really know much about it yeah. but since since we started doing research on stevie a lot of stevie stuff started popping up in my tiktok algorithm yeah and th- and as a result of that all the daisy jones content started popping up in my algorithm. Right. And- Right now, you know what's trending? Daisy Jones. Well, not only that, the video that we were talking about of Silver Springs and how Stevie is like just basically casting a spell on Lindsay Buckingham with her her she's just her eyes are just piercing his soul, allegedly casting oh, a spell. No. Oh no, she's casting that spell. Come on, we know what's up there. We and did you know our what's research. also really freaking weird and awkward. I heard somewhere that his wife, now his ex-wife But at the time, his wife was in the audience while they were having that kind of like- Oh, scandalous. Yeah, very scandalous. Um, but I had no idea about any of that. And then we recorded the Stevie episode and then I found, I fell into that rabbit hole and I was like, oh my God, I can't believe that we didn't talk about this on the Stevie episode. God dang. We had um, so much other content. We were like, how are we going to get through this? So that's just a little addendum to our Stevie episode. I just wanted to add that in because I just thought it was just so fitting, like all that, all the content. There you go. So yeah. There, we there go. you go. I have, I have something to say. Oh. <gasps> Okay, and that is hang on to your husband's girls because <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about Jillian Owen's character analysis today hip thrust yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jillian hip thrust oh. Owens <laughs> that's <laughs> with a- another t-shirt yeah <laughs> it's just like a picture of like her belly with the belly uh-huh. chain on oh, like the top cute. of her pants cute yeah um Love but it. before that we have a patron shout out i'm gonna let justina do this because this is a very special shout out <laughs> this is a very special shout out all right so first of all she told me she was gonna sign up but i was just like yeah whatever i just kind of uh-huh. blew it off because like she's been saying she was gonna sign up for like a while now uh-huh. and i'm just like whatever i just kind of take everything she says with a grain of salt but my mother uh d dorothy carubia in the house mama woo! we got a new patron and it's my mom thanks mama Didi. Thanks Ma. I'm going to have to me. lay the guilt on my mom when the time comes. Like his well, <laughs> mom was already a patron. What were you doing? What were you doing? She's like, I, yeah, she doesn't give a shit. <laughs> she's like on the last episode, she's, have you ever, have you ever owned a Stevie Nicks record? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely she was not. like, to tell you the truth. She was like, don't put that in. <laughs> she was like, "It's so embarrassing." I was like, "Mom, it was really cute. It's fine. You didn't even Aww. say anything. Like it was totally yeah. fine. Is your mom? Well, y- your mom must be into music. She pulled out what is that—a Summer or whatever? Yeah, she's very into music. Uh, yeah. I'm really surprised she didn't have a Fleetwood Mac. I could have sworn she had a Buckingham Nicks album back in the day, but you know what it was? What? Barbara Streisand. Oh, had okay. a similar cover where she wasn't. She didn't have any hop uh-huh. on. Uh huh. That's the one she had. But Got yeah, it. mom has played guitar fiddle mandolin croatian instruments um so we we jammed every now and then i grew up learning how to play her yamaha it's like the neck is like a mile wide uh-huh. um but yeah i'm really surprised she didn't have any Fleetwood Mac i was history. i was hoping that you were gonna when you sent me that picture of of her breaking out the dulcimer i was like hoping you were gonna like post some videos of her jamming on that shit i was oh, i, I just i wanted i wanted to see her play in it our family friend brought it down. I have video of him playing a little bit on it. It's so yeah. neat. you can. Yeah. It's really hard to make it sound bad. Like it's one of those it instruments. Is a very that's pretty so forgiving. instrument. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I we didn't really have through... a whole lot of time for the. Oh, okay. You know, we were. There for. You just got it in a quick jam session. And yeah. It. <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah. I remember walking through Renaissance Fair and just seeing like the random guys just just going to town on that thing. I really so want. Cool a hurdy-gurdy do you know what those are yeah, no if you listen to Lorena McKennet. yeah it's that instrument that it's like a crank and it's like a drone it's like okay. and it's it, cool you can play different tones with it but I've seen ones where you can buy a kit and like put your own together like a puzzle they're really oh. cool I was like that hammer dulcimer and a little hurdy-gurdy action and a little mandolin action like we're in the renaissance you know that's um dude uh there's a band I don't remember the name of it, but they have a whole YouTube channel of like all like modern R&B, like pop and rock hits done in Renaissance style. Yes. I think there was an Usher song or something that they did. And I was like, this freaking slaps. Yeah, I think it's like, I've seen like Troubadour core or like Is that it's what it's all called? Renaissance mu- music, like, but with modern songs. I love that shit. Yeah. I'll have to send you the YouTube <laughs> channel if you don't uh, have it already. I don't. I don't think I have it. Another Spotify playlist. You know what? We're going to get to this topic real quick, but I know you have the similar, speaking of which I know you have this similar thing with the ADHD. Oh yeah. 100%. I saw that songs with a beat of like one, four, five, uh, or a hundred, sorry, 145 beats per minute mm-hmm. is like good for like ADHD and like concentrating. If you go to your Spotify, and you go into the search bar and type in one, four, five. It'll automatically pull up because I don't know what one, four, five beats sounds like. It'll automatically make a playlist okay. of that beat count with songs you already have plus oh, other shit. ones that are similar. Oh, and I'm like, That's that really is cool. fucking killer. I didn't even cool. know that. Yeah. I had no idea it had that capability. Yeah. So technology it blows my mind. No, So Mama D, thanks for being our patron. <laughs> yeah, mom. Thanks. I she, She'll probably never listen to this episode. Okay, are we ready to talk about Jillian Belly Chain Owens? What did you call her? Billy, Billy. Oh, hip thrust. A <laughs> uh, Jillian. I was gonna call her Billian. Jillian hip thrust Owens. That okay? Can that be the name of the episode? <laughs> Jillian hip thrust Owens. Sure. Here, let me add it in before I forget. <laughs> this is getting unhinged. We're, our episode names are not even gonna make sense in another month. No, nope. if we keep this up. Nope. This is our. F- third character analysis we had sally we had franny and it's just natural now we go go into a little bit of jillian and she has quite a lot in the book yeah that i did not realize and she's very different in the book than she is in the movie so we're gonna tell you a little bit just the differences in the book in the movie and then we're gonna i think just kind of riff on how we feel about jillian and then go into all the book mentions like we normally do In this story of Practical Magic, the sisters, Sally and Jillian, are supposed to be as different as night from day. So Jillian Owens was portrayed by Nicole Kidman, who was 25 at the time of filming, and the actress uh, Laura Ann Criswell played young Jillian in the very beginning. So in the story, at least in the film, they don't say in the book, but Jillian's supposed to be 5'11". Nicole Kidman is probably about, I think she's taller than that. She's probably taller than that. She's like model tall. She's very tall. Um, And in the book, her hair is blonde and she ends up cutting it very short and selling it. Uh, But in the film, Nicole Kidman's hair is red and it stays long. She's got those classic bangs. bangs. And I love that she's going back to it you know, she just had that new Instagram that photo shoot, right? She's embracing, yeah, the uh, cherry blonde. Yeah, at right. least she's slowly going back to her, her. She's so washed out being a blonde. I did think the blonde washed her out for yeah. sure. I loved her with the red. I just thought it just made her look so fiery. And... Yeah. Yes. <laughs> she, uh huh. She has gray eyes in the book and in the film she has blue eyes. Uh, her skin is very fair in the book at least. Um we are introduced to a few more men she is with. But in the movie, we see her run away with a man at the beginning, mm-hmm. uh, the guy who throws her the pocket knife. And then Question, Sally. Is he the Roto-Rooter guy? Do you think? Remember remember when the aunts are like, they're walking through town with yeah. Sally? Yeah. And this has been like probably years since that initial scene when Jillian actually left. Mm-hmm. Do you think that guy she left with was the Roto-Rooter guy that they talked, that they reference? Or do, do you think know. it was another random guy? The pocket knife guy. I don't think that would be the Roto Router guy because I think she's gone through multiple since him. They're like, maybe someday she'll find a guy who will go through hers. Oh, and Sally's like, she keeps going through all these guys. Yeah. You know, I feel like it's not, I think it's been more. Can I just also point something out really quick? What you just said. You'd said the aunt said one day she'll find a guy that goes through her. Do you think that's tongue in cheek? Because literally Jimmy goes through her because he enters her, I I guess her spirit, his spirit enters her body. Oh, they called it. So, like, they really, so do you think they? in essence kind of put a curse on Jillian a little bit because they they were like hopefully one day one day she'll find a guy that goes to her what if they manifested that what if they were like piggybacking piggybacking off of like you remember they walk under that tree and the leaves start falling and that's supposed Uh to be Gary like thinking of Sally and they were like piggybacking off his magic and oh my god and and then they fuck Jillian over oh my god I never even thought of that Like, I I know how, like, the leaves, like, were kind of alluding, like, we we had discussions about the leaves possibly being Gary kind of like manifesting Sally. Mm -hmm. But that's such a good point that they could have just like slipped into some kind of like wormhole or or like a magic tunnel the magical tunnel that magical force field they've just like (laughs) tapped into something while that was happening simultaneously and then like something in that exact moment everything in that exact moment just manifested i i guess we can agree that she was probably with quite a few men whether that she was married or not but after she moved she obviously wrote home about it Mm-hmm. To tell her family like, hey, I'm uh, with another guy or I'm married again. Yeah. And then we only see Jimmy as far as like her other interests in the movie. But in the books, there are three unknown former husbands. Got it. No idea. Um, then she's with Jimmy mm-hmm. RIP. I like how you put a little, cr- you put a little cross in her notes. Did you put No, that? I didn't put that. Oh, okay. Maybe I, maybe I just copied and pasted. Somebody put a little like, like dead little cross beside his No, name. I saw that. And I was like, oh, that's cute. <laughs> you didn't put that there. <laughs> put that. Okay. That's no. creepy. And then and her notes got jokes. She's got jokes. <laughs> Finally, at the end of the books, she and a man named Ben Fry mm-hmm. are together. So that is her fourth, technically fourth husband. I'm really surprised she never married Jimmy. Do you think he was ever like, nah, like I'm call, I'm not doing the married thing? Maybe. Or was there no time? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if she was with him long enough. It doesn't seem Uh, like length of duration- of relationship matters to her yeah like, probably absolutely not. absolutely i'm saying they never say that she was or wasn't married in the movie they just said oh i wish she would stop going through all these guys but i'm thinking like in the book she is married three times yeah and it seems like it's easier for her to commit in the book than it's her character in the movie is less committal okay yeah i see what you're saying so in um the the story of Practical Magic. Jillian was born in Forestville, California to Regina Owens and her husband, Daniel. Daniel's name is Jack in the movie. And we go through through this freaking wormhole in another episode about yeah, ch- that connection. Goofs. Goofs and Trivia. Go- was that it was Goofs good. and Trivia? Well, Goofs and Trivia, we, we talked about them a little bit, the two men. And then we reiterate, I think the Lilac episode, we Lilac. kind of talked, we cleared it up. Right. We got it. Go check out yeah. the lilac for that whole <laughs> connection theory. Yeah, yeah. So Jillian is thirteen months younger than her sister Sally. We think she's a Sagittarius, um, because it does say that Sally is born in October, right? Yeah. So then if she was a year and a month, that would make her a Sag. So um after the recent passing of her grandmother April Owens, who I guess was one of their take caretakers, Jillian's father took her the mother. Um, away for a second honeymoon to try and cheer her up and both parents perished in uh, a motel fire while on the honeymoon then that left Jillian and her older sister Sally to be taken in by the aunts Francis and Jet so they moved from California to Massachusetts what are your thoughts on Jillian I love Jillian yeah I think she has like a little Peter Pan syndrome Mm, she's never grown up. up She's always had somebody taking care of her all, you know, and like, I get it. I've been there. Like you always kind of have a guy to help take care of you or, you know, make life a little easier on you. And I just think she grew up quite a lot within the movie. You know, she Mm -hmm. had to do a lot of growing up. And I really wish we could see how, how she does change. But yeah. we don't get to see that because she is, in honesty, like a supporting character. Yeah. Yeah. It's obvious that the, the movie definitely centers more around Sally and her whole journey. Um, But my kind of outlook on Jillian, she's kind of an oxymoron to me. Yeah. Because she runs away because she wants to be more independent and kind of like do her own thing. But in essence, she's also kind of codependent because she relies on all these men to fulfill this... Whatever she feels like she's lacking in her life. And it's not always the best choice. They're not always the best men for her or the people Very for her. toxic. You know? Very toxic. Yeah. yeah. We'll just throw out that podcast like one more time, the popcorn psychology episode mm. on generational trauma. And they really, really dive super deep into um, just abandonment issues and codependency within both you know they both show signs of this i think little jillian never really had to do a whole lot of growing up until much later in life yeah. how old are they supposed to be in the books i don't know good question like like 30 like maybe 30 yeah i'm guessing because by that point uh kylie and antonia are already teenagers or Coming of age, mm-hmm. right? So probably definitely 30s, I would say. I think yeah. so. Maybe it'll be easier to like maybe just talk about Jillian from the movie mm-hmm. and how she is. She, we'll get to this later, but is she a good sister? Jillian? Or, yeah. Or is she not so great? I definitely think she has major selfish characteristics. Mm-hmm. But she definitely also she really loves her family. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like she feels misunderstood by them. Aside from being misunderstood by the entire town of Maria's Island, I think she still even feels a little misunderstood by even her own family, unfortunately. I don't think if the whole thing with Jimmy happened, she would have moved anywhere close to them. And I know we talked about that before, but like... He says they were on their way to see them, and they've been driving crisscross back and forth for weeks. But like, I don't know. Maybe I'm meshing the book and the movie too much. But I know it's in the book. It says, "Oh, they would make plans to see each other for Thanksgiving, and then Jillian was so flaky; she'd back out the last minute." You know? Uh huh. Yeah, but no, then ultimately she comes through with a dead Jimmy. But she—that was it's a problem that... for somebody else to fix. Right, right, right. But but the intention was not to kill him, or so. We think, right? She was microdosing him to kind of to get him to go to sleep so she could have her alone time, which is what it sounded like. Yeah. But in the book, weren't they planning to go see Sally anyway? Because she wanted him. She wanted Sally to meet him. So she says. So she says. And we talk a little bit about this in the Blood on the Moon episode, our theories of that whole trip. Mm -hmm. Right. I think maybe she wanted to see her sister. And then Jimmy just got overly possessive because he would he's first of all, he's her abuser. Mm hmm. And I think he wanted to – he felt threatened because he was going to lose that control if she was reunited with her family Mm -hmm. under his watch, you know? And I think maybe being in that situation, you start to, like, not emulate, but you're like, yeah, you're probably right. Like, you start to agree with them because of the brainwashing Mm -hmm. that happens. Like, she probably was like, yeah, you're right. It's not, like, a great time or X, Y, Z, whatever the reasoning was. Right. But – He just seems like that kind of character that would just kind of gaslight you quite a bit. Oh, 100%. No doubt about it. Yeah. Yeah. What a douche nozzle. Um... Do you want to talk a little bit about her appearance in the movie and how they kind of switch it up? They don't talk too much besides the color of her hair in -hmm. the book. They don't give her too much of a visual. She's gorgeous. And that's about Uh all we know. Somebody on Instagram... I think they did a portrait, like they drew portraits of the characters as described in the book, not in the movie. Yes. And I think they depicted Jillian as such with the short blonde hair. Yes. Yeah. So do you want me to go on and talk about some of these? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So in, in the movie, Jillian, she wears a lot of greens, right? A lot of earthy, earthy colors. Yes. Um, She's she is obsessed with her tiger's eye. She dons her belly chain. She's often seen wearing those small 90s style framed sunglasses, maxi skirts in uh, the Jimmy scene. She's wearing, I think, like a brown leather jacket. Those jewel tones on her with her red hair are so beautiful. Yeah, like she did that color theory. You know, mm-hmm. analysis, color analysis yeah. for her skin. Yeah. The um the creator who made the book representations of Sally and Julian is at Monica Comics on Instagram. Yeah. So cute. Very cute. And then in the movie, she also has her um they talk a lot about her tattoos, which the snake tattoo was a big one in the phone tree scene. But then we also see that other flower on kind of on her booby a little bit. Another right? Little boobie. <laughs> her little booby. We see it. Um it's kinda hard to to kind of spot out, I remember I've seen the movie a million times before I even noticed this. On the last scene when they're jumping off the roof and she's got kind of got that cleave going in her little witchy getup, I saw it in that scene and I was like, wait, is that the snake tattoo or is that another tattoo? I was confused. I was like, I don't remember ever seeing that on her boob, but it is on her. It's there throughout the whole movie if you catch glimpses of it here and there, right? You think, because my mind is going to a rose over her heart. It's like, oh a flower on her chest but i think you're right like we'll have to i think we need to zoom 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 but yeah we're gonna have a tattoo oriented episode coming out to you before the summer comes yeah so we're gonna talk yeah we're gonna deep dive on all her tattoos in another episode upcoming episode but i just wanted to throw that mention that real quick because i always thought i was like Am I going crazy? <laughs> like, did that, is she just wearing that on the last scene or is it through the whole movie? And then I, I think I went back and I, like, I noticed it like here and there, like little yeah. flashes of it. And I always was like thinking, was it, is it a henna tattoo? Is it a permanent tattoo? It does like, look like henna red. Doesn't it doesn't look doesn't like it? henna? Uh-huh. Yeah, it has a little bit of like a reddish henna hue to it. It does. So... You know what I noticed about her her outfit, Um, I guess, arc is she doesn't start doing the maxi And I don't know if it's because she's borrowing Sally's clothes, but like once she's at the Owens house, she's like all natural until gary shows up it's like her past showing back up and then she puts on her old clothes and her old persona and she's back in the manipulation game or like just trying to get out of it but like when he leaves or you know and and they go back when she's possessed back to the maxi skirts and then at the very end she's still you know in that beautiful white long dress but it's so interesting that it's like her old her and right away just like jump back into the game of like okay i gotta take care of this yeah you know and Jillian that was has always had a very interesting sense of style compared to sally mm-hmm. because like even as kids mm-hmm. that scene in the greenhouse she's wearing like a kimono like what she is full-on <laughs> like tea party dress too when they're running around in the yard she's got yeah. fe- a boa feathers all over her you know she's little sweater always been very flamboyant with her outfit choices. Yeah. But I agree with you. I never noticed that before. Like she kind of like goes back and forth between her natural Jillian persona to her manipulative Jillian persona in the outfit choices that she's wearing. Uh-huh. And kind of like when there's a man present, that's when she goes back to her manipulative outfit yeah. persona. And then at the end after everything is said and done and she's single, I don't know if this is alluding to the aunts and kind of like how they ended up like spinsters no children jillian's outfits at that point go back to very antique very victorian when she brings that letter to sally in the garden she's wearing like you said she's wearing that beautiful white kind of like victorian dress Mm -hmm. and then even in that last scene when sally and gary exchange that kiss in the garden she's seen with her kind of victorian gardening get up it's almost like dowdy it's almost like too like bleh you know it's very she's definitely transitioning leaning towards the aunts fashion she's accepting kind of like a be that spinster kind of lifestyle like okay maybe maybe i'll just live the life like the aunts did and they turned out fine like they don't have to deal with any more drama of men and all that bullshit she's (laughs) kind of just accepting her single self and coming back to herself and all that bullshit and all that bullshit (laughs) Without the influence of more shady men. Mm-hmm. I feel like she's just fully accepted that kind of life mm-hmm. at the end of that film. Yeah. And I really, I she does have quite a bit in the uh, Book of Magic, which is the very last book. Mm-hmm. It's a lot more dialogue. I was trying to pull out mentions and stuff. And it's a lot more dialogue, but she does have some internal stuff. But really her like character progression revolves around two things like helping her sister save kylie and one other thing we'll talk about that's kind of it so i really like the practical magic movie sense of her leaving it so open yeah you know yeah because we really don't know what happens to her at the end of the other than like jimmy his spirit's gone and she can kind of like take this time now to get back to herself and not focus on a man or any kind of relationship just being content holding her radishes yeah (laughs) (laughs) We just, I mean, that iconic scene of her showing up at Phone Tree Day. We have the Phone Tree Day episode out too, right? Mm -hmm. So if you want to hear us gab a little bit more about Jillian theories, go listen to our Phone Tree Day. Yeah, we wrote a whole song about it. So check that out. Justina's like, just get to it. Get to these (laughs) book mentions. (laughs) Come on. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I've ever felt about Jillian or Nicole Kidman. Um, I like... How different they look they don't look anything alike and from interviews they were nothing alike but they got along great Mm -hmm. and i just saw my life really kind of panning out like jillian's did i really wanted i was crazy boy crazy wanted to get out of my hometown got out of my hometown got married got divorced you know and was haunted which is going to be another episode we're going to talk about and i just felt very close to her in that sense you know yeah that is pretty jillian of you All that stuff, so Jillian of you, or an air sign since we think she's a fire sign, but she could also be an air sign. I don't know, we don't know. know. She's a fart in the wind. Yeah, (laughs) it does seem like movie Jillian is spontaneous, book Mm. Jillian is a little flaky. Oh, yeah, I definitely get that. Did I already say that like you might have minutes ago? I don't know, I don't know, it's (laughs) worth saying again. Okay. Cool, 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 cool. All right, yeah. let's jump into some book mentions. Uh, we're gonna start with Rules of Magic, and that's technically book number two. Uh-huh. In the whole series, this is the 1960s when the aunts are young. We get introduced to their brother Vincent also. Um, but at the very end of the book, I lost my shit. When I first was reading this book, I was like, Oh my god, are they gonna show up in this book? Because it was started to get to like talking about Regina and talking about the deaths. Yeah, And it finally comes. <laughs> they start talking about the uh, young Owen sisters on page 353. And it says, The girls liked to climb trees around their house and often had tea parties with their stuffed animals aloft, using the branches as the table and chairs. When they concentrated, they could make the wind come out of nowhere and shake their branches. And then they would laugh and hold on for dear life. Sally would open her hands and birds would come to her as if they had been called and Jillian could dangle on the farthest branch, and let the wind blow right through her and not be scared at all. Two pages later, 355, Jillian, fair and usually, fear- and usually fearless, cl- oh, this is after her parents die, I believe. Uh-huh. Okay. Fair and usually unfearless clutched her stuff bare and stood in the corner, terror creeping up her spine. Sally, dark and serious, sat on the bed and held the babysitter's hand to calm her. This was the moment Sally had been dreading. When the life they had enjoyed was turned upside down, her grandmother had confided that it happened to everyone sooner or later. Sally had always thought it would be later, but as it turned out, it was now. And 3.59, all the same, Jillian vomited twice into a paper bag that Sally then handed to the flight attendant. They were in their flimsy party dresses, and they both had small leather suitcases under their feet. Sally had taken along practical things, toothbrushes and toothpaste, photographs of their parents, a comb, pajamas, and slippers. Jillian had stuffed in all of her other party dresses, so many at her suitcase barely shut. It says they reached the arrival gates What was done was done. What was to begin was on the other side of the gates. They could run, but to where? The police were in California and they'd be split in two and given to people who wouldn't care if Jillian was afraid of the dark. And Sally liked to eat the same thing for breakfast every day, oatmeal topped with a spoonful of honey. And then on 363, the house itself was tall and tilty with green glass in the windows and a fence that circled the property like a snake. Jillian was not a fan of snakes or vines or trees that looked like monsters interesting not a snakes. fan of snakes but what about the snake tattoo maybe I would, it's like immersion therapy oh <gasps> okay so that was like about the the bulk of like the jillian just describing her i think she does have a few speaking lines when they're like getting to know each other the first time they move to the house but um i just excluded those because there's so much of practical magic all right so the practical magic book mentions start early on pages five through six and i think we've discussed this in a previous episode the aunts like this this book mostly centers on the girls right i don't know what age it is when they come when it comes to when we when they're introduced in this book i don't know what age they are but they're young still i think we did the math in the franny episode because we were like franny was young when she got these girls i think sally's supposed to be like 10 okay okay 11 12 right Okay, yeah. So this Practical Magic book kind of centers on the girls. And the aunts don't even come into this book until probably halfway through the book, right? They, they, they come in, like, later on. Do they're you me mentioned, about that? but they're just called the aunts. They don't yeah. say, like, Franny and Jet until, like, the very end. Later, later, right? Yeah. yeah. All right, so page 5 through 6, it says, Jillian was lazy and liked to sleep past noon she saved up her allowance money then paid sally to do her math homework and iron her party dresses she drank bottles of Yoo-hoo and ate goopy hershey's bars while sprawled out on the cool basement floor content to watch as sally dusted the metal shelves where the aunts kept pickles and preserves jillian's favorite thing in the world to do was to lie on the velvet cushioned window seat Upon the landing, where the drapes were made of damask and a portrait of Maria Owens, who had built the house so long ago, collected dust in a corner. That's where she could be found on summer afternoons, so relaxed and languid that moths would land on her, mistaking her for a cushion, and proceed to make tiny holes in her t-shirts and jeans. I love that word, languid. Hmm. page six through seven night and day the aunts called them and although neither girl laughed at this little joke or found it amusing in the least they recognized the truth in it and were able to understand earlier than most sisters that the moon is always jealous of the heat of the day just as the sun always longs for something dark and deep and that's a really interesting way to look at sally and jillian because Mm -hmm. we know that sally is so connected to the moon right mm-hmm. we see her writing a letter to the moon in well not to the moon but like in the light of the moonlight she's talking she's, about the moon only um, that moon yeah only that moon and jillian is just so fiery she's the sun she's a sun worshiper she like goes to the southwest like she's thriving yep. there she's dancing by the pool in the sunlight yeah. definitely yeah That's- so definitely night and day definitely the sun and the moon pages seven through eight for sally and jillian the days were filled with little mortifications no child would use a pencil or crayon directly after it had been touched by an owens girl no one would sit next to them in the cafeteria or during assemblies and some girls actually shrieked when they wandered into the girls room to pee or gossip or brush their hair and found they'd stumbled upon one of the sisters sally and jillian were never chosen for teams during sports even though jillian was the fastest runner in town and could hit a baseball over the roof of the school onto endicott street they were never invited to parties or girl scout meetings or asked to join in and play hopscotch or climb a tree fuck them all jillian would say that sounds like something a sag would say yeah totally Um, (laughs) her her beautiful little nose in the air as the boys made spooky goblin noises when the sisters passed them in the hallways at school on the way to music or art let them eat dirt you wait and see one day they'll beg us to invite them home and we'll laugh in their faces sometimes when she was feeling particularly nasty jillian would suddenly turn and shout boo And some boys always pissed in his pants and was far more humiliated than Jillian had ever been. So on page 14, this is in reference to the girls watching the aunts do spell work. Sometimes, when it was an extremely dark evening and Jillian was feeling especially brave, she would push the door ajar with her foot. And Sally wouldn't dare to close it again, for fear it might creak and give them away. This is so silly, Sally would whisper. It's utter nonsense, she'd decree. Then go to bed, Jillian would whisper right back. <laughs> go on, she suggests, knowing that Sally wouldn't dare to miss any of what happened next. Yeah, they're so different. She, like, Jillian's just, her interest is piqued when she sees the aunt's doing their spell work, and she just wants to know what's what's going on, even though we know that she's not the one that has those natural gifts, right? Mm-hmm. It's Mm -hmm. like she just wishes her whole childhood. She just wishes that she had what Sally was uh, naturally gifted with. Mm -hmm. Pages 14 through 15. They could see how love might control you from your head to your toes, not to mention every single part of you in between. Because of this, Sally and Jillian have learned things most children of their age had not. It was always wise to collect fingernail clippings that had once been the living tissue of your beloved just in case he should take it into his head to stray that a woman could want a man so much she might vomit in the kitchen sink or cry so fiercely blood would form in the corners of her eyes on evenings when the orange moon was rising in the sky and some woman was crying in their kitchen sally and jillian would lock pinkies and vow never to be ruled by their passions yuck the girls would whisper to each other when a client of their aunts would weep or lift her blouse to show the raw marks where she cut the name of her beloved into her skin with a razor jesus (laughs) damn alice yeah it's pretty hardcore all right so page pages 26 through 27 this is a hefty passage buckle up buckle the fuck up (laughs) the instant the girls began high school the boys had who had avoided them for all those years suddenly couldn't keep away from jillian she could go to the market for a can of split pea soup and come back going steady with the boy who stocked the frozen food case (laughs) Mm -hmm. the older she got the worse it became maybe it was the black soap she washed with that made her skin seem illuminated whatever the reason she was hot to the touch and impossible to ignore boys looked at her and got so dizzy they had to be rushed to the emergency room for a hit of oxygen or a pint of new blood men who'd been happily married and were old enough to be her father suddenly took it into their heads to propose and offer her the world or at least their version of it gross, gross. <laughs> yeah <laughs> do you think any of those mar- married married older men were the ones whose rings she had on her necklace oh that proposed to her gross maybe yeah maybe that's why she gave him back maybe she was just so disgusted You you nasty yeah when jillian wore short skirts she caused car accidents on endicott street when she passed by dogs tied to kennels with thick metal chains forgot to snarl and bite One blistering Memorial Day, Jillian cut off most of her hair so that it was as short as a boy's and nearly every girl in town copied her. But none of them could stop traffic by revealing her pretty neck. Not one of them could use her brilliant smile in order to pass biology and social studies without taking a single exam or ever doing a night's homework. During the summer when Jillian was 16, the entire varsity football team spent every single Saturday in the aunt's garden. There. They could be found all in a row hulking and silent and madly in love pulling weeds between the rows of nightshade and verbena careful to avoid the scallions which were so scorchingly potent they burned the skin right off any boy's fingers if he wasn't paying attention jillian broke hearts the way other people broke kindling for firewood by the time she was a senior in high school she was so fast and expert at it that some boys didn't even know what was happening until they were left in one big emotional heap. If you took all the trouble most girls got into as teenagers and boiled it down for 24 hours, you'd wind up with something the size of a Snickers bar candy. <laughs> but if you melted down on all the trouble Jillian Owens got herself into, not to mention all the grief she caused, you'd have yourself a sticky mess as tall as the statehouse in Boston. The aunts didn't worry in the least about Jillian's reputation. They never once thought to give her a curfew or a good talking to. When Sally got her license, she used the station wagon to pick up groceries and haul trash to the dump. But as soon as Jillian could drive, she took the car every Saturday night and she didn't come home until dawn. The aunts heard Jillian sneak in the front door. They found beer bottles hidden in the glove compartment of the Ford. Girls would be girls, was the way the aunts figured it, which was especially true for an Owens. The only advice the aunts offered was that a baby was easier to prevent than to raise. And even Jillian, as foolhardy as she was, could see the truth in that. I feel like Julian, Julian, Jillian is just like a people pleaser. Mm. She's like, oh, you asked me out? Yeah, of course. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's clear even in the movie that the aunts are not too keen on any kind of rules. I guess like there's there's no discipline in that house. But it doesn't seem like the girls are like disrespectful in the need of discipline. It's just like not safe situations Jillian is putting herself in, but they do say it's easier to prevent than to raise. So Mm -hmm. I wonder if they were ever like, all right, we're going to take you to Planned Parenthood. And like get you some birth control. Yeah, you know but they might I have think- done that, and then we're like, okay, you think that's what this part is alluding to? But yes, do you? Th- okay, this might be controversial. I'm listening. Um, do you think that Jillian couldn't have her baby in the last book? She was having fertility problems because she's had abortions as a teen. Because this line sounds like it's alluding to maybe they've had to had they've had to have gone through that situation. When I read that passage, when I think of preventing a pregnancy, I think of birth control.
1: Or okay. Comms.
0: Not necessarily abortion, but it could have been. But mm. if you're on birth control for so long, that does that could also your affect fertility. fertility. Yeah, right. So and okay. also she was trying to what well, we're going to get to um Book of Magic In a little bit. But she was trying to have a a child at a little bit of an older age at that point. Right. Right. Um, Also on page 27, Jillian and Sally's mother, Regina, had been especially difficult to control. The aunts blinked back tears whenever they thought about how Regina would walk along the porch railing in her stocking feet On evenings, when she drank a little too much whiskey, her arms out for balance. She may have been foolish, but Regina knew how to have fun, an ability the Owens women were proud of. Uh, Jillian had inherited her mother's wild streak, but Sally wouldn't have known a good time if it sat up and bit her. (laughs) It sounds like the aunts did at one point try to control the situation of their family, and they were just like, there was no use. Like, it did no good trying to control Regina. She just you know got into trouble anyway so we yeah. might as well just save ourselves a little stress mm-hmm. Yeah, pick your battles right yeah yeah page 28 watching Jillian go through half the town damn, <laughs> damn. <laughs> made Sally wonder if perhaps she had only granite in the place where her heart should have been but by the time the sisters were out of high school it became clear that although Jillian could fall in love she couldn't stay there for more than two weeks Sally began to think They were equally cursed, and given their background and their upbringing, it really was no surprise that the sisters should have such bad luck. Who made the joke? Was it one of our patrons? They were like, Coach Halfacre, more like Coach Wholeacre, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. What was that? in? Was that in one of the book club's meetings? It oh. might have been. Um, Page 29. Jillian's boyfriends were the only ones lovesick enough to take the risk of being struck. And two of them had found themselves in the hospital after their runs across the green, their hair forever standing on end, their eyes open wide from that time onward, even when they slept. So I guess that's alluding to being struck by lightning, since lightning is a pretty big trope in these books. And mm-hmm. even Jets, some of Jets' love interests- Right? Was it just some interest in uh, rules of magic where some boys got struck kind of pining after her too? Yeah. Some even, I think a couple died, right? They both died. I think Uh they both died. It's interesting too that she points out that their eyes were still open because I think when they end up burying Jimmy, Sally's like, I'll I'll put the dirt on him because she couldn't close his eyes and she didn't want Jillian to see his eyes open. Oh, weird. You know, in some cultures they put the coins on the eyes. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know what the Italians means. the Greeks the Irish is it just supposed to help them transition or like prosperity for the other side or something like that it's the payment know. for the ferryman got it yeah yeah got it. okay Okay. All right. So the rest of this passage says when Jillian was 18, she stayed in love for three months, long enough to decide to run off to Maryland and get married. She had to elope since the aunts had refused to give their blessing. In their estimation, Jillian was young and stupid and would get herself pregnant in record time. All the prerequisites for a miserable and ordinary life. As it turned out, the aunts were right only about her stupidity and youth. Mm. Jillian didn't have time to get pregnant. Two weeks after the wedding, she left her husband for the mechanic, who fixed their Toyota. It was the first of many marital disasters, but on the night she eloped, anything seemed possible, even happiness. Sally helped to tie a line of white sheets together so Jillian could escape. So that's the man. That's the, the Marilyn wedding. Guy. The rotor rooter guy. The mechanic, right? What's no, Roto- she, she, leaves, she leaves the... The guy she elopes with for the mechanic. She okay. ropes off to Marilyn. She leaves that guy. Okay. For the mechanic. Wait, question. What's a rotor Router guy? Is that? It's a plumber. It's a plumber. Okay. I, I thought it was a, I thought it was some kind of car place. <laughs> it's a plumber. All right. Like, like, never mind. mind Scratch it. my theory. <laughs> <laughs> so she actually didn't have time to even have the need or want to get pregnant at that age so that explains why she waited so long Uh, page 30 down in the yard the boy Jillian was about to run off with was nervous Jillian had been known to back out when it came time to commit in fact she was famous for it this year alone three college boys had each been convinced that he was the one Jillian was meant to marry and each had bought her a diamond ring for a while Jillian wore three rings on a gold chain but in the end she gave them all back, breaking hearts in Princeton, Pro- Providence, and Cambridge, all in the very same week. The other students in her graduating class took bets on who her date would be for the senior prom mm-hmm. since she'd been accepting and breaking invitations from various suitors for months. Damn, girl. The only time like, I could think of my life emulating this was like in high school. I had never had a boyfriend before. And one of the guys, his name was Buck, country as hell, he was ah. like, Do you want to? He was like a wrestler or something. He's like, Do you want to wear my Leatherman jacket? And I was uh-huh. like, Yes. <laughs> I didn't really know what that meant. And then I'd like, I don't even know if he gave it to me. He might have given it to me. And then I called him and I was like, I can't wear this. I remember walking around my parents' room on the phone, like, I, I have to give this back. I'm so sorry. Like, I'm not going to take you. <laughs> so wow. awkward. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I, I had, I've had, i had to turn down a couple prom, uh, proposals. Yeah. Because I opted to go with a douchebag and oh. ultimately didn't really have that much fun. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. No, don't be sorry. It I was high school. I don't know I can't. Really. <laughs> I didn't even go to my junior prom. I only went to my senior prom. I was like the kind of girl in high school, like I would always go against like what the uh, consensus was doing like i hated conforming to any kind of like school traditions yes i didn't get a class ring i didn't want a letterman jacket like i just i hated all i hated all of it you rebel I, yeah i only went to prom with with that dude cuz i was like it was kind of like a last minute thing like we started dating and then i was like i guess let's uh, go to prom uh, yeah okay. no Not all right. right it was all right dude my prom was on a boat oh <gasps> cool on a boat i think that's also kind of why i was like I kind of I feel like I have to go. Dude, that's <laughs> slick. It's not like a Hilton. Yeah, it was rainy the whole time though. So like, oh. I didn't even, like really enjoy going out onto the the deck because it was like just rainy. I don't remember I remember my dress, the guy I went with. Yeah. And I was in prom court. I was runner up. Oh. oh that was what it. About you, Miss Miss Popula. It's cuz I was friends with like everybody cuz I didn't want Miss anyone Popula. to hate me cuz I'm a people pleaser. That's the old people cuz you're Jillian. because I'm Jillian? <laughs> She might actually have both Sag and Gemini in her chart. Okay, page 34. Let Jillian travel from California to Memphis. Let her marry and divorce three times in a row. Let her kiss every man who crossed her path and break every promise she ever made about coming home for the holidays. Let her pity her sister cooped up in that old house. Sally did not mind a bit. So it sounds like Sally is kind of just like... It's like, you know, when... You just experienced too much bullshit from a person, and you're, and at the, you just like reach that point, where are like, fine, let them do whatever the fuck they want. I don't even care anymore. <laughs> 100%. It sounds like she's at that point here. She's like, I'm not making any plans until you uh-huh. are standing in front of me. Yep. And then we can, you know, <laughs> figure exactly. this out together. But no, I, exactly. I have people like that. So, page 38 Jillian had confessed that when she even thought the name of their town, she broke out in hives. Just seeing a map of Massachusetts made her sick to her stomach. The past was so wretched, she refused to think about it. She still woke in the night remembering what pathetic little orphans they'd been. Forget a visit. Forget any sort of relationship with the aunts who never understood what it meant for the sisters to be such outsiders. Some Someone would have to pay Jillian a quarter of a million cash to get her to cross back over the Mississippi, no matter how much she would love to see her dear nieces, who were, of course, always in her thoughts. It says the aunts never understood what it meant for the sisters to be such outsiders, but the aunts went through the same exact thing. But you know when you're young and you don't think your parents, or grandparents or aunts or uncles uh-huh. have any sort of life before you came along, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I'm just trying to think of like just being at that young age. How just... many times I know I like ran away as a kid. You put some <laughs> shit in a backpack and you just end up in the neighbor's backyard. You know, you eat your peanut butter sandwich and you go back home. Yeah, you're like, nobody understands me. <laughs> I think I did that. I think I did that while we were uh, doing the, the seating charts for mine and Avi's wedding. What? I just got so stressed. Aww. I just got so stressed because like it's just weddings are. Functional. Wedding planning sucks. Wedding planning sucks. and I just was getting so fucking pissed Aww. that at one point I just like left I just ran out the front door and just did a lap around the. Bl- I ran a lap around the block and then I, I just you had to like catch my breath and then yeah, I was like, all right, yeah, yeah. that's what now. I'm saying. like as an adult, you know like I need to process this and I can't just sit here. I need to go somewhere else. and I uh-huh. do get that energy out, that fire yeah. energy. and then I come back to it. But as a kid, like Jillian, Yeah, Like even as an adult, she's still in the kid mode of like, I just need to run. I just need to be anywhere else but here. Fight or flight. She chooses flight. For sure. Oh, where are we at? Page 69. Nice. Uh, Yeah. All right. (laughs) So there on the porch is the girl who could get into more trouble than anyone all grown up. It's been too many years. It's been an eternity. But Jillian is as beautiful as ever, only dusty and jittery, and so weak in the knees that when Sally throws open the door, Jillian has to lean against the brick wall for support. And I guess that's in reference to when Jillian shows back up and, like, Jimmy's dead in the car, right? And uh, Sally's got to do damage control. Mm -hmm. Page 70. Jillian has cut her blonde hair shorter than ever. She smells like sugar and heat. She's got sand in the ridges of her red boots— And a little green snake tattooed on her wrist. There it is. There it is. I want to ask real quick since this was the 90s. Mm -hmm. She smells like sugar and heat. Do you think she's wearing warm vanilla sugar from (gasps) Bath and Body Works? Oh. Do they still make that scent? I don't know. But then there was also like, remember Love Spell from Victoria's Secret was very popular. Mm -hmm. Everybody had that one. Sweet Pea. Yeah, Sweet Pea. Yeah, she might have very well been wearing that. She hugs Sally fast and tight before Sally can have time to consider the lateness of the hour and the fact that perhaps Jillian might have called, if not to say she was arriving, then just some time in the past month, only to let Sally know she was still alive. Two days ago, Sally mailed off a letter to Jillian's most recent address in Tucson. She gave Jillian hell in that letter about her trail of broken plans and missed opportunities. She spoke too strongly and said too much, and now she's relieved that it's a letter Jillian will never get. But guess who will? Yeah. <laughs> Gary. Mr. Gary, Gary. Yeah. Uh, Page 70 as well. I've got a problem, Jillian says. She looks over her shoulder, then runs her tongue over her lips. She's as nervous as a bug, even though... Having a problem is nothing particularly new. Jillian can create problems just by walking down the street. She is still the kind of woman who cuts through her finger while slicing a cantaloupe, and then is rushed to the hospital, where the ER doctor who has stitched up her finger falls head over heels for her (laughs) before she's even sewn back together. Page 71. Jillian sounds as if she herself was surprised to discover this. She's sticking her fingernails into the palms of her hands, as if to wake herself from a bad dream. If she weren't desperate... She wouldn't be here running to her big sister for help when she spent her whole life trying to be as self-sufficient as a stone. So, yeah, like we were saying before, like she tried really hard to be self-sufficient by running away and getting away from that island. But in reality, she just ran away from one person and just relied on other people to right. do all her dirty work. Mm-hmm. Everyone else had families and went east or west or just down the block for Easter or Thanksgiving, but not Jillian. She could always be counted on to take a holiday shift, and afterwards she always found herself drawn to the best bar in town, where special hors d'oeuvres are set out for festive occasions, hard-boiled eggs, tinted pale pink and aqua, or little turkey and cranberry burritos. One Thanksgiving day, Jillian went and got the tattoo on her wrist. It was a hot afternoon in Las Vegas, Nevada, And the sky was the color of a pie plate. And the fellow over at the tattoo parlor promised her it wouldn't hurt. But it did. So that was her snake tattoo? Mm Mm-hmm. That was the day she got it. So she got it on Thanksgiving. In Tucson, Arizona. In Tucson, Arizona. I like how it has origins. Now we know. (laughs) I know. <laughs> page 74 if she would had the cash jillian would have run out of that rest area in new jersey and she would have kept running until she got to the airport in newark then flown someplace hot new orleans maybe or even los angeles unfortunately right before they left tucson jimmy informed her that they were penniless he spent every cent she'd earned in the past five years Easy enough to do when you're investing in drugs and alcohol and any jewelry you took a fancy to, including the silver ring he always wore, which had cost nearly a week of Jillian's salary. The only thing they had after he was done spending was the car, and that was in his name. Where else could she have gone on a night as black as this? Who else would take her in? No questions asked, or at least none she can't think up an answer for until she gets back on her feet. Page 75. The plan had been to spend Thanksgiving together, which would have been for- been a first. But Jillian called Sally 2 days before she and the girls were set to take off and she told Sally to just forget it. In 2 days she wouldn't even be in Austin anymore. Jillian never did care to explain what went wrong, whether it was the Hilton or Austin or simply some compelling need to move on. When dealing with Jillian, Sally has gotten used to disappointment. She would have worried if there hadn't been a hitch. But they end up they do end up spending Thanksgiving together right at the end of the book. Yeah, you're right. Oh my god, I've never noticed that. It comes full you're circle. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so page 77, she notices that there are bruises all up and down Jillian's arms. In the dark, they look like purple butterflies, like something pretty. I'm never getting involved with another man, Jillian says. When Sally gives her a look, Jillian goes on insisting she's through with love. I've learned my lesson, she says, now that it's too damn late. I just wish I could have tonight and call the police tomorrow. Her voice is sounding strained again and even littler than before. I could cover Jimmy with a blanket and leave him in the car. I'm not ready to turn myself in. I don't think I can do it. This is exactly the advice Sally has been giving Jillian all along, which is why their phone conversations have gone from brief to non-existent in the past few years. This is what she wrote in her most recent letter, the one Jillian never received. You should have just left him. Jillian nods. I should have never said hello to him. That was my first mistake. Page 83, this is after they bury Jimmy. It says... When they finished and returned the shovels to the garage and there's nothing but freshly turned earth beneath the, li- the lilacs, lilacs. <laughs> Jillian has to sit down on the back patio and put her head between her legs so she won't pass out. He knew exactly how to hit a woman so that the marks hardly showed. He knew how to kiss her too so that her heart began to race and she start to think forgiveness with every breath. It's amazing the places that love will carry you. It's astounding to discover just how far you're willing to go. What wouldn't I do for the right guy? <laughs> so uh in reference to rooming with Kylie um who in the book they're like preteen right preteen age I think Kylie is 12 going on 13 uh page 85 Julian has very particular likes and dislikes and an opinion about everything she sleeps a lot, she borrows things without asking, and she makes great brownies with m and stirred into the batter. She's beautiful and she laughs about a thousand times more than Kylie's mother does, and Kylie wants to be exactly like her. She follows Jillian around and studies her and is thinking of chopping off all her hair, if she has the guts, that is, on page 86. What makes Jillian even more wonderful is that she and Antonia don't get along. Given time enough, they may grow to despise each other. Last week, Jillian borrowed Antonia's short black skirt to wear to the 4th of July block party, spilled a Diet Coke on it accidentally, then told Antonia she was intolerant when she dared to complain. That's like classic, like, she's got a little narcissistic behavior, right? Like, like a little bit. Fuck, little somebody, little fuck somebody else over and then blame them for meant, it. Mm-hmm. Right, You're exactly. Right. So now Antonia has asked their mother if she can put a lock on her closet door. She has informed Kylie that their aunt is a nothing, a loser, a pathetic creature. Jillian has taken a job at the Hamburger Shack on the Turnpike, where all the teenage boys have fallen madly in love with her, ordering cheeseburgers they don't want and gallons of ginger ale and Coke just to be near her. Work is what people have to do in order to have the Bucks to party, Jillian announced yikes yeah yeah very yikes page 87 already most people on the street had discussed the fact that jillian did not wear the top half of her bathing suit when she sunbathed in the backyard (laughs) they all knew exactly what the tattoo on her wrist looked like and that she'd have she'd had at least a six pack at the block party maybe even more and then had gone and turned ed barelli down flat when he asked her out even though he was the vice principal and her sister's boss as well oh my god the owens's neighbor linda bennett linda linda, linda bennett! holy shit i didn't realize that she made an appearance in this book i did not know she was in the book cameo what's up <laughs> mic is Carla in here? Shit. I don't, I don't we'll know. have to search her name. Okay. Um, The Owens's neighbor, Linda Bennett, refused to have the optometrist she was dating come to her house to collect her before darkness fell. That's how nervous she was about having someone who looked like Jillian living right next door. Everyone agreed that Sally's sister was confusing. There were times when you'd meet her at the grocery store and she'd insist... You come on over and let her play around with her tarot cards for you. And other times when you'd say hello to her on the street only to have her look right through you as if she were a million miles away, say, in a place like Tucson, where life was a lot more interesting. (laughs) Also interesting, she read tarot cards. She reads tarot cards in the book where in the movie she reads palms. Very cool. She might dabble in both, but that's all we know of the movie anyway. Um, page 89, it says out in the yard night after night, Jillian was still crying over Jimmy. She just couldn't seem to stop herself, even now. She, who had vowed never to let passion control her, had been hooked, but good. Uh, She'd been trying to muster the courage and the nerve to walk out the door for so long, almost this whole year. She'd had written Jimmy's name on a piece of paper and burned it on the first Friday of every month when there was a quarter moon to try to rid herself of her desire for him. But that didn't help her to stop wanting him. After more than 20 years of flirtations and fucking around and refusing to ever commit, she had to go and fall in love with someone like him, someone so bad that on the day they moved their furniture into their rented house in Tucson, the mice had all fled because even the field mice had more sense than she did. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it does sound like she was the one since it says, after 20 years of flirtations and fucking around and refusing ever to commit. So it sounds like she was the one with the committal issues. Yes. Page one hundred. Those boys at the counter are too dreamy and young to do anything but drool as they watch Jillian. And to her credit, Jillian is especially kind to them, even when Ephraim, the cook, suggests she kick them out. She understands that theirs might just be the last heart she will break. When you're thirty six and tired, when you've been living in places where the temperature rises to hundred and ten and the air is thirty six. Yeah she's only 36 okay so maybe we can do the math from here which do you need how old she is when she gets pregnant no how old i guess sally is when she has the girls because the girls are like Mm. how old are the girls so around when jillian was 36 kylie was 13 so sally's got to be 37 and kylie's turning 13 so 37 minus 13 right So that's how old she was when she had the girls. 24. So she was young. Yeah, she was young young. when she had the girl. Okay. I think I got halfway through that. Uh, Yeah, when you're 36 and tired, when you've been living in places where the temperature rises to 110 and the air is so dry, you have to use gallons of moisturizer when you've been smacked around late at night by a man who loves bourbon. Interesting. It's not tequila. It's not tequila. So it's bourbon in the book. Good to know. All right. You start to realize everything is limited, including your own appeal. You begin to look at young boys with tenderness since they know so little and think they know so much. You watch teenage girls and feel shivers up and down your arms. Those poor creatures don't know the first thing about time or agony or the price they're going to pay for just about everything. She's so jaded. Yeah. yeah, But I guess if when you're 36 and you still, I guess going through the mill with random guys not learning any lessons Mm -hmm. i guess that'll do that to you Mm -hmm. um jillian is the one to help kylie embrace her 13th birthday with a makeover and a silver bracelet and you have a little tidbit here yeah you want to talk about yeah i think that it's really interesting because during this whole birthday scenario sally gives her daughter kylie a gift and kylie's like oh that's cool like that's cool Mm -hmm. and since she's like looking up to Jillian so much, when Jillian gives her a bracelet, she's like overjoyed, like she's totally about it. But if it's a silver bracelet in this practical magic world, mm. wouldn't it turn black? Because all the other scenarios in which silver comes into play because it's around witches, it turns black. Right. But that's never mentioned because it's practical magic. Practical and not any of the magic. other three books. With a little bit of love and practical, practical magic. magic, all your dreams will I just come thought it was interesting. I just yeah, wanted to sum, sum that up that Jillian was the one to kind of take Kylie under her wing and like help her embrace her beauty and her potential mm-hmm. um, and to, to not be so shy. Right. Yeah. By this time, Ben Fry, the school bio teacher, has already seen Jillian in the backyard. It is at this birthday dinner he and Jillian meet again after a blow up from the family about Kylie's makeover. So I forget, Sally got really pissed about it? I don't remember. When they had the whole birthday dinner... Mm-hmm. jillian does the makeover for kylie cuts her hair and sally is like irate because she didn't ask for her. she doesn't want her daughter to end up like jillian like um but at the dinner ben fry is also at the restaurant and like oversees it or overhears it so he comes up and he's like can i do anything and she's yeah. like nah and they all leave except Jillian stays, and uh yeah. ben starts talking to her is this all the same passage this these two paragraphs page um, one yeah, I think after they talk at the restaurant, then Ben Fry like starts to really pursue her. But Jillian's like, "No, dude, like I'm bad news." Oh, so okay, this is all page one twenty. All right. So it says, "Well, cold feet was certainly something Jillian knew about lately. Every time the phone rang at work or at Sally's house, Jillian thought it was Ben Fry. She got the shivers just thinking about him. She got them all the way down to her toes. Ben had sent her flowers, red roses. The m- ha, huh, red roses." Mm, mm. The morning, after they'd met at Del Vecchio's, but when he phoned, she told him she couldn't accept them or anything else. Don't call me, she told him. Don't even think about me, she cried. What on earth was wrong with Ben Fry? Didn't he see her for the loser that she was? Lately, everything she touched fell apart. Animal, vegetable, mineral, it didn't matter in the least. It all fell apart equally beneath her touch. She opened Kylie's closet and the door came right off its hinges. She put up a can of tomato rice soup to cook on the back burner and the kitchen curtains caught on fire. She walked out to the patio to have a cigarette in peace, only to step on a dead crow, which seemed to have fallen directly from the sky into her path. She was bad luck, ill-fated, and unfortunate as the plague. When she dared to glance into the mirror, she looked the same. High cheekbones, wide gray eyes, generous mouth, all of it familiar and many would say beautiful. Still, once or twice, she had caught sight of her image a little too quickly, and then she didn't like what she found staring back at her. From certain angles, in certain sorts of light, she saw what she imagined Jimmy must have seen, late at night, when he was plastered and she was backing away from him, her hands up to protect her face. That woman was a silly, vain creature who didn't stop to think before she opened her mouth. That woman believed she could change Jimmy, or, if worse came to worst, rearranging him some- rearrange him somehow. The absolute fool. No wonder she couldn't work the stove or find her boots. No wonder she'd managed to kill Jimmy when all she really wanted was a little tenderness. It's a heartbreakingly sad yeah. Yeah. excerpt. It's yeah. very sad. It's kind of like, have you ever been in that situation like where it seems like one thing, one bad thing happens and then you it just you just spiral and like it just brings on a whole slew of other problems. Yeah. It's like self cursing uh-huh. yourself, self hexing yourself. Yeah, yeah. self sabotage. Poor Jillian. It's kind of like she's kind of hit rock bottom at this point, and she's realizing like she has she's having to face herself in the mirror and like kind of kind of having to confront that. Maybe this was the point where she realized she had to get her shit together. You mm-hmm. know? Um, page uh, one twenty two. Jillian knew she could never allow someone as wonderful as he is to get involved with a woman like her, considering the message she made. Falling in love is now permanently out of the question. The only way anyone could force her to become a wife again would be to chain her to a chapel wall and aim a shotgun at her head. Holy shit. When she came home from Del Vecchio's on the night she met Ben, she took a vow never to marry again. She locked herself in the bathroom, a little black candle, and tried to remember some of the aunt's incantations. Okay. Yes. Pause. Pause yeah. here. She locked herself in the bathroom and lit a black candle. Do you think that's in reference to the movie or how a movie is kind of taking this bit from the book? Like she goes to the, the bathroom is her safe space where she goes Ooh. to kind of like do her magic, her astral projecting. Yeah. Cool. Interesting. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Very Um, When she could not, she repeated single forever three times, and that seems to have done the trick, because she keeps refusing him, in spite of how she feels inside. Go away, she tells Ben whenever he calls. She doesn't think about the way he looks, or about the feel of the calluses on his finger, the ones caused by practicing knots for his magic act nearly every day. Find someone who will make you happy. And that's kind of like, in addition to the self-sabotage, like, you push- people away who are actually really good for you the best thing for you because you think you don't deserve them because you're just you're at an all-time low at that point you know absolutely you don't want to bring your curse your bad luck into their life too yeah and if you've only known shitty guys your whole life you know you don't Mm -hmm. think you're deserving That's so sad. She thinks about how Ben is pursuing her and the thought of him changing his mind one day and not pursuing her anymore makes her stomach turn. So she goes to his house to try and have an adult conversation and probably lay down some ground rules, but neither can control themselves and they just give in. But Jillian is really stunned and confused as far as Ben's tenderness and compassion go oh we touched on this in one of our other episodes just how she is like kind of confused that he's kissing her and kissing her and kissing her and she's so used to like the violence that i guess jimmy has with the connection to sex and she's it says in the book like she's so used to like just getting to it because if Mm -hmm. they don't just get to it then the violence starts Mm -hmm. so i just think it's so crazy that like that that's like trauma she's so young i'm guessing she's pretty young when she meets jimmy you know in your 20s you just go through so many bad guys i know i have but Mm -hmm. that you think that's the way it's supposed to be and just like you said you don't think you deserve anything more so i think it's interesting that like she's almost almost annoyed with like how long it's taking ben to like get get to the point (laughs) get to it like and she's probably scared like if she doesn't go into this immediately if they don't get their clothes off and get to it like is she gonna be beat up so Mm. it's just so it makes me so sad yeah 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 she suffered a lot of trauma as a result of i mean jimmy definitely but who knows how many other abusive partners she's been with before jimmy absolutely you know yeah so she's dealing with a lot of emotional even physical maybe physical trauma Mm -hmm. So she could have been been through a lot even before Jimmy. All right, so he, in reference to Ben, started kissing Jillian before she could mention that she was still thinking it over. His kisses made her feel things she didn't want to feel, at least not yet. He got her up against the wall and slipped his hands under her blouse and that was that. She didn't say stop it. She didn't say wait. She kissed him back until she was too far gone to think anything over. Uh, ben was driving her crazy and he was testing her too. Every time he got her really hot, he just stopped to see what she would do and how much she wanted it. This is scandalous, Alice. It's a little spicy. A little spicy. Definitely spice. Why is it spicy? <laughs> Why is it spicy? Um, Even if he didn't take her into the bedroom soon, she'd find herself begging him to bonk her. <laughs> She'd wind up saying, please, baby, which is what she used to say to Jimmy, although she never really meant it. Not back then. It's never possible for a woman to concentrate on making love when she's that scared. Mm-hmm. oh Too scared to breathe, too frightened to consider saying not like that. It hurts too much when you do it like that. She talked dirty to Jimmy because she knew it helped make him hard. If he'd been drinking all night and couldn't get it up, he'd turn on her so fast. She'd be reeling. One minute, everything would be fine. And the next second, the air all around him would be set on fire from the fury of whatever was inside him. That is horrifying. No wonder she was kind of like, she turned the tables when uh, Antonia accused her of like taking her shirt. Like, she's so used to it being her fault. Yeah. That she's probably like gotten really used to, like, no, it's not my fault. Defensive. It's not my fault. Yeah. yeah. Defensive as a survival mechanism. Mechaniz- yeah. Mechanism. Yeah. Yeah. Page 156, she could never live up to Ben's version of her. She had a whole secret horrible past to hide. She used to fuck men in parked cars just to bro- just to prove she didn't give a damn. She used to count her conquests and laugh. She sat on the couch that Ben had ordered from a catalog when his old one became Threadbare. It was a really nice couch, made out of some plum-colored corduroy fabric. Just the kind of couch Jillian could... <laughs> All right. (laughs) Did I give you a touch of the dyslexia? I think so. Just the kind of couch Jillian would have spotted in a magazine and wanted for herself if she'd had a house or money or even a permanent address to which she could have catalogs and magazines mailed. She wasn't even certain that she could be in a normal relationship. What if she got tired of someone being nice to her? What if she couldn't make him happy? What if Jimmy had been right and she'd asked to be hit? Maybe not out loud, but in some nameless way she wasn't aware of what if he'd fixed it so she actually needed it now oh that is so heartbreaking yeah yeah like she she kind of almost feels like empty if it doesn't happen Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. so she's been conditioned to believe that that's how every relationship is supposed to be Mm -hmm. here we sum up it says jillian starts to really find an interest in biology after starting to date ben which continues into the next book which will uh Yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit later on. But um, Ben is a – is he a teacher? So is he a teacher? He's a biology teacher. He's a biology teacher, but he's also a a moonlighter as a magician. (laughs) I thought that was so random. Because, like, do you think Jillian kind of chameleons herself to the guy she's with? Oh, 100%. Yeah. If she's a people – oh, sorry. If she's a people pleaser, for sure. Because, like, when she shows up, she's got cowgirl boots on. Those red boots disappear. Red boots. They're red. Red red boots. boots. Um, and then like she starts getting into biology when ben comes into the picture it's just like like we've all been there girl i'm just pointing it out oh yeah she gets an interest in biology after dating or starting to date ben who i always picture did we talk about this in book versus movie the fucking teacher from gilmore girls mr what the fuck's his name Mm. max medina medina yeah Medina. definitely and I, I wish def- it was somebody else because he is not attractive to me yeah not that he's not that attractive so I always try to force somebody else in the into that role into uh-huh. you know in the book as I'm reading the book but I can't didn't I say I think we've had this discussion like off the podcast like initially when we were when I was rereading Practical Magic back when we were writing the songs mm-hmm. did I say I think he gives me like Kirk Cameron vibes <laughs> i think he's cute that's what i'm saying because we go to different churches though but like he (laughs) um oh 100 yeah not down with uh not down with his beliefs or anything like that but he's definitely a cutie pie yeah in the book do they depict ben as a really handsome man they never give a physical Do they give him him? a physical description no when they when alice describes him as like a, a a you, you musician, musician. Uh, magician. <laughs> a magician. That to me gives him like that, like playful kind of like childlike quality. Mm-hmm. So I always just like put Kirk Cameron into that uh role, or or Tom Hanks from Big. Remember the movie Big, where he's just like a big kid, doofy looking guy. He's just Tom like a big so kid, goofy. right? But I love that. I love that movie. I love. But, like I, I don't know. I was just, him. I just like gave Ben Fry in my mind like this big kid persona. I feel hmm. like you kind of have to be a big kid to like be a magician, you know. What if it was like out of left field ballpark, young Jack Black? Young Jack Black. Oh my god! Can you imagine? Oh man, he's a teacher, yeah. Mr. Schneebly. Mr. Schneebly. Mr. Oh, Schneebly. This whole story just erupted into a different. I can't. Different time. I can't see Jillian with a Mr. Schneebly though. You never know. Anyway, <sighs> so in the book by Book of Magic, anyway, we kind of learn a little more about Jillian's what 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 profession she ends up going into as a result of this biology interest from this relationship in the movie there's no kind of indication like we see sally she's you know an herbalist she has her shop we know what her profession is we know what she does for a living we never really know what jillian does for a living in the movie like at all what are her interests i know they don't give her like anything testing the merchandise yeah. She okay. So she's a merchandise tester. Do you think she maybe she just like became a clerk in Sally's shop? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe she's helping run the shop. Like, what is what is she doing with her life other but than? Again, we have to touch on the fact that there's no way that this store can support four four people. associates, four workers in the middle of a day, in the middle of the day. Yeah, there's in that no small reason town. for four employees to be on the clock. Right. Exactly. Uh, it doesn't that it is sense. curious. I wonder what she would be be into. So, like, say the biology thing is not even in the story. We don't see her cooking. We don't see her in the garden until the very end. Yeah. Could you imagine if she started running the phone tree day committee? <gasps> oh my god. <laughs> they don't. It, it's not even held at the school anymore. It's just held at the Owens house, and it's just people drinking rose. Oh, I love that Ugh. or midnight margaritas. Yeah, midnight margaritas. <gasps> but yeah, maybe she's just been so used to relying on men to support her while she goes gallivanting across the country on all her like adventures and escapades whatever she does on the road basically it's just like she's she just works dead-end jobs i don't feel like she has really any kind of interests nothing that's like prominent anyway that will lead me to believe like she would choose a career path and she wants the bucks to party is what she says that's exactly then, that's yeah it. Ex- exactly it yeah. yeah and i guess that also kind of identifies with that of a Sagittarius or like everything the mentality is everything is temporary this job is just temporary you know I did not know anything about Sagittarius before working with you hello and now I know (laughs) it all (laughs) because now connecting it to Jillian as well like makes total sense yeah yeah that's always kind of been my my thing, which is, like, why I guess, like, in high school when everybody else was starting to, like, apply to colleges and find – figure out what they want to do with their lives, I was like, how the fuck am I supposed to know? I don't know what the fuck I want. I still don't know what the fuck I want. Yeah. That's why I'm still, like – I mean, I've I've held the same job for the past, like, seven or eight years. But it's a job that allows you to do all these other things on the side, exactly. and it gives you the time for that passion to figure out what you're going to do. And the buck's the party. And the buck's the party, girl. <laughs> right anyway let's go yeah where are we at here i don't even know 166 okay so she in reference to kylie is feeling lucky to be learning about love from someone like her aunt she's heard people talking even the ones who feel the need to point out that jillian is trash um and she seems envious of her somehow jillian may be a waitress at the hamburger shack she may have little lines around her eyes and mouth from all that arizona sun but she's the one Ben Fry's in love with. She's the one who has that smile on her face night and day. Page 185. Start living with someone, and before you knew it, you were married. And that was a human condition Jillian planned to avoid repeating. In that arena, she was some something of a jinx. As soon as she said, I do, she always realized that she didn't at all, and that she never had... And she'd better get out fast. Page 185. uh, Actually, she's been thinking about it ever since she left him. And she'll keep right on thinking about it, whether she wants to or not. Ben doesn't understand how dangerous love can be. But Jillian certainly does. She's lost at this too many times to sit back and relax. 187. Is this when they have the midnight margaritas in the book? Well, they're not titled midnight margaritas in the book. But they do have margaritas in the book. Early, early nighttime weekday margaritas. Yeah. Yeah. Garden, garden margaritas, right? Garden margs. Or Jillian has salt on her fingers from her margarita. She has that beautiful smile on her face and she seems younger tonight. Maybe the New York humidity is good for her skin or maybe it's the moonlight. But something about her seems brand new. I never even believed in happiness. I didn't think it existed. Now look at me. I'm ready to believe in just about anything. How just like magical Mm -hmm. or just like relaxing does it sound like to just sit in a lawn chair in the yard watching fireflies with your bestie. Having a margarita in the moonlight. In the moonlight, you better put some bug spray on. But oh yeah, yeah. But that that is one of my favorite scenes. It's just like because I can I could see that you know that is so easy to put yourself into. All right. So page two hundred this year, Jillian will wave goodbye to them from the front porch. If she isn't already moved into Ben Fry's house by then, she's been moving in slowly afraid that Ben will go into shock when he realizes she has a zillion and one bad habits. It won't take long before he notices that she never rinses out her cereal bowls or bothers to make the bed. Sooner or later, he'll discover that the ice cream is always disappearing from the (laughs) freezer because Jillian is feeding it to Buddy as a special treat. He'll see that Jillian's sweaters are often crumpled into balls of wool and chenille on the floor of a closet or under the bed. And if Ben grows disgusted, if he should decide to kick her out, say goodbye rethink his options well then let him there's no marriage license and no commitment and Jillian wants to keep it like that options that's what she's always wanted a way out I feel you girl I understand Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. now look at us Mm -hmm. married no (laughs) kids though but married yeah yeah Yeah, I feel like feel like kids are like the ultimate uh trap (laughs) (laughs) see this is why I got a meme this is why i feel like we're sister signs because like you're the fart in the wind and sagas sagas also don't like i feel like we also have commitment issues we're also free spirits i understand i get you so we get we get each other that's why that's why this is the signs all right we're gonna move on to book of magic and that's the last book in the series jillian's a little older everything happened with jimmy and uh i think we said in the beginning i'm not sure if it's gonna be cut out but it's She has a ton of speaking parts, but there are a few things that kind of like get you into her mind a little bit and show you like what her priorities are, I guess, in the book. So on page six, she ends up um, living in Cambridge, quite near the girls, and she works at a lab at MIT. So by this point, she's like full on scientist. Yeah, which is like, dang, late, late in life, like good for her. Like you have to go to school for that. Yeah. So the fact that she's so non-committal as she was in the previous books, the fact that she actually went through a full-on education to pursue this career path and to actually, get it to MIT and like, to actually like do it successfully, yeah, is a shock to me because if she's a Sag, I right. know myself, yeah, and I will get bored three so months fast, in, so fast, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Something switched when she mm-hmm. ended up with Ben. She's like, mm, gotta get pregnant now. Yeah. 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 That happens. Like sometimes things like that change when people find who they're really, really supposed to be with, you know? Yeah. And you know what? Child free by choice is okay too. Yeah. Everything. Everything's... Yeah. You do you. That's it. I do That's you. It. Yeah. Page 12. When their parents had died and Sally and Jillian had come to the house on Magnolia Street, they both had been terrified of Franny, intimidated by her wild hair and her red boots and her freckled complexion and her clipped conversation. And they secretly called her the mean aunt. (laughs) She, uh, talking about Jillian, worked in a lab at MIT researching genetics, a subject that had come to obsess her. Hmm, Interesting. Mm -hmm. Because I could see how it could be easy to become obsessive with something that like a new passion or like a new hobby or a hobby that turns into a passion that eventually turns into a career path. I don't, know if, uh, I don't know if I'm speaking for, for Sagittarius's or for Gem <laughs> or for we think she might be a Libra possibly. I think Sally's a Scorpio, but like Scorpio. in relation oh. to this, like their family is so we have the curse. It's in our blood. We're blood witches. Like genetically, this is all passed down and they don't have a choice. But mm-hmm. also team that with her trying to get pregnant and infertility issues like her, like working on genetic stuff makes sense in that capacity, I think. Um, But she was convinced that somewhere in their past there had been an ancestor who had been as kind as their aunt, perhaps the same person from whom Jet had inherited her striking good looks. On page 28, the most recent pages in the grimoire had been written over a period of 50 years by Franny and Jet, and there were remedies and enchantments, Jillian had added even though Jillian had always had less talent for magic than the others and had been mortified by her lack of skill. She was frankly jealous that magic had come to Sally so naturally when Sally clearly had no use for such things and only craved to be normal. Page 39. I think this is just Jillian reminiscing. But that was long ago, and Jillian had learned her lesson. She blushed when recalling her mistakes and all those dreadful men she'd taken up with. She had long ago come to the understanding she was entitled to kindness and comfort. Yes, girl! Jillian had thought she was through with love until she met Ben Fry. He'd been her niece's science teacher, the opposite of the men she had gone for in the past, steady and earnest and kind-hearted. She still laughed to think that he'd been attracted to her because of her ability to work complex figures in her head. That's a new one. Halfway through her life, she'd been lucky in love. She'd avoided the curse by following the rules. Don't live together. Don't declare your love. No wedding rings. No displays of affection in public. Ben had been puzzled and somewhat hurt by these strange traditions. So they're trying to skirt around the curse. Mm -hmm. Page 40. To do their best to trick the curse, Jillian and Ben had wed simply and quietly at the courthouse, and Jillian refused to have their marriage officially recorded. Whether or not they were legally married was up for debate. Certainly, Jillian refused to wear a ring. They lived in a two-family house in Central Square, uh, where Jillian resided on the ground floor while Ben took the upstairs apartment. Whenever he asked why they must live separately, neither earned much of a salary. Ben was a science teacher at Cambridge Ringe, and Latin School, and MIT didn't pay lab technicians a fortune, and clearly, it would have made more sense to live in one apartment and rent out the other. Jillian asserted that too much togetherness was certain to ruin a relationship especially in the Owens family. In truth, they spent most nights together, and when they didn't, Ben would often spy Jillian out in their small garden, sleepless and shivering, scanning the heavens as if she might find the answer there in the night sky above them, as to how the curse had found her despite her deception so quick question she's given ben like the runaround. like this is why we can't live together do you think he knows about this curse at all Um, is he completely in the dark about this i yeah Yeah. what did it say like he was kind of hurt by her puzzles yeah i feel like she i feel like jillian tells him everything i don't think she has a i don't think it's a secret from him you don't think it's a secret nah because ben had been puzzled and somewhat hurt by by these strange traditions oh hmm so i don't know i'm thinking maybe she's just giving him the runaround and being like this is why it has to be this way this is why we can't live together but not really giving him the actual reason why she thinks she's doing the deceiving i guess in her mind but like also getting married also living together i don't really think if it is the curse you are married the curse yeah. sees it it's not like walking up to the courthouse and being like oh there's no record of Jillian here I guess she's not married you know yeah, yeah. interesting because yeah. Jillian and Ben are still together at the end of the last book they are yeah so whatever she's doing is working he ain't dead yet <laughs> so okay page 40 her one wish was to ha- oh this is talking about Jillian mm. Her one wish was to have a daughter, and now that she was 43, she'd begun to wonder if her inability to have a child was the work of the curse. She had been to infertility specialists at Mass General, and when that didn't work, she begged the aunts for a cure. Franny and Jet had done their best attempting any number of traditional botanical remedies. Myrrh, juniper berries, licorice, skullcap, pennyroyal, hemlock, chamomile flowers, unicorn root, taken in small doses, butterfly weed, a tea of stinging nettle to strengthen the uterus, motherwort uh, to bolster Jillian's immune system she had tried red clover and even primrose oil and the oddly named chaseberry along with black cohosh she ate pomegranates and olive oil honey and cinnamon and had even tried the ancient ritual of bringing a toad to sleep in her bed all to no avail hold on hold on a second so she's 43 yeah. in this book and this is book of magic yeah okay last book yeah she was 36 in the first practical magic book yeah. Right. Okay. So that's only a seven year difference between books. How is that accurate? Because I thought that the book of magic book took more, took place like more in today it like now. Uh, okay, wait, but so if Kylie is 13, she's 20. That makes sense. Like she's in college. Like, you're, you're, you're in college when you're about 20, right? From from practical magic, the first book to book of magic, the last book is only a seven year time span. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking, like, were there references in Book of Magic to like stuff that, like, technology and stuff that's like that we have access to now? I think I think they use cell does phones make, and texting. Does it? I'm just wondering it makes sense. <laughs> I was under the impression that Book of Magic was written from like today's perspective. Because seven years from 1990, what was it, 95, or whenever that book was written, yeah. that's like not that far in the future. We're gonna get to the bottom of this. <laughs> um. <laughs> there's some more little things about jillian that that came up in like a more conversational thing but i just wanted to sum them up that she drives a black and white mini and justina asks is this a van or a mini cooper i'm thinking a little mini cooper mini cooper yeah yeah she doesn't strike me as the minivan type but she grows zebra tomato seedlings which i don't know what a zebra, are zebra tomato is are? i don't know page 112 it says there was a ring around the rising moon a trouble a sign of trouble to come They'd, they'd seen it before and now it was back. Jillian might argue that the rainbow manifestation was caused by the reflection of light through ice crystals, but Sally remembered the phrase of Shakespeare's, something wicked this way comes, the title of a book she loved as a girl. On this night, the sisters held hands, reaching for each other without thinking, just as they had when they first came to Massachusetts, when the world was dark and cruel and they had no idea what might await them. Page 149, Gillian, who often spoke about topics that Sally kept off limits, always argued that science and magic were twin arts aiming for the same result. But one is proven, Antonia would insist, to which Aunt Jillian would defiantly fling back, and one has no need to be. Gillian finally returned with three glasses of port and some chicken salad and tomato sandwiches. She'd enchanted the bartender without trying, having inherited a flare of Vincent's magnetism. On me, the bartender had told her. But she knew what he meant. He'd fallen for her in an instant. I don't know what's happened to me, but I'll leave my wife, my job, my home. It was Owen's charm. (laughs) Some of them had an overabundance, while others, such as Sally, hid their inner light. Jillian had always been a firefly, drawing men to her when she was young and trouble along with it. By now, she was used to rejecting men's overtures. She'd grinned and said taken. Lucky bastard, the bartender said (laughs) gloomily about whoever had her hand. Jillian wasn't so certain of that. Ben expended a considerable energy trying to make her happy, hiding their marriage, living apart, but it was a thankless task when only one thing could make her happy, the arrival of a child and there seemed no magic strong enough for that. Don't ever fall for a woman like me, she advised the bartender. She still had the urge to ruin things and some inner neuroses made her consider gesturing for the bartender to follow her into the ladies room for some hot insane and ultimately disappointing sex for which she would hate herself afterward but she had changed now she merely considered it and walked away damn so Darn, oh, dang Alice, Alice. Uh, same page it says the world seemed incandescent to Jillian she could see layers of time and space and possibilities that hadn't been there before as a girl Jillian couldn't escape the petty jelly jell- jealousness jealousies, jealousies. jealousies. God damn it. <laughs> jellies <laughs> jellies petty jealousy jelly, don- jelly donuts jelly donut with cream <laughs> she felt when it came to her sister's talent she wondered why she had nothing other than her beauty which frankly she found boring and would have traded away in exchange for sally's abilities in a flash the situation wasn't helped by sally's pathetic longing to be normal how yeah like what a slap in the face mm. when they were young jillian would often stand alone in the wavering heat of summer naked deep in the woods ooh what i don't remember yeah. this deep in the woods where no one could find her she was close a- her- Mark that, like highlight that and annotate that for when we do our skyclad episode because I saw that was coming up soon. Oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) Deep in the woods where no one could find her, she would close her eyes and try her best to make magic. Standing still as flickering dragonflies lit on her shoulders and arms, there was a shadow world, but she seemed the only one in her family who was refused entrance, and she feared that beneath her fragile beauty, she was ordinary. She had tried and tried appealing to the other world until she had throbbing headaches all to no effect in the end jillian would tread back to the house on muddy paths her face hot with disappointment unable to cast even the smallest enchantment i don't remember that at all that is that is so sad and then it skips to page 188 annoyed jillian approached the historian directly she was astonished to find uh she could spy his aura When she hadn't been capable of such magic before, his aura, however, was quite confusing. It continually changed colors, first gray, then violet, then ink blue. So wait, she could see, so she could see auras. She started to, like, experience her magic when they went back to the UK, which is really cool. That's right. I didn't realize this passage. So she was denied, um, where it says she was denied entry into that world. I just thought that was interesting because... In the movie, if our theory is correct and she's able to astral project, she has some magic, but it's never, we're never told outright what that magic is. Right. No, we're kind of, we kind of just have to read between the lines. Us as working pagans or witches, like in real life, like as much as one person might try to have like a connection with spirit, Mm -hmm. maybe that's not their strength Mm -hmm. as much as they want it their strength is probably somewhere else that they haven't just gotten to yet. Yeah. You know, whether that's like tarot cards or, or something oh. else. Cause I know like for a long time, like, yeah, I get message from spirit, but I'm like, I want to see auras and I want to yeah. do this. And like, sometimes you just got to work with your strengths. Yeah. I guess maybe that's why she, I guess, settles for the tarot cards and the palmistry. It's like a way that people, cause like, I don't have that ability to, I guess, connect with spirit or get messages from the other side maybe i do in some ways but not in i think i get what you're saying but like it's a tool like it's an additional support tool yes yeah yeah it's a tool that not everybody needs because if if they're more of a natural recept what is it called like a receptacle for for spirit to come through some Mm -hmm. people just have it easier and they don't need those extra tools right i do need those extra tools no, maybe maybe that's kind of like what how it is for her too. You know, yeah. she uses those other extra tools as a way to, for her to connect with her spirituality because it doesn't come to her so naturally. Do you think that maybe she did end up finally being able to become pregnant because she did go back to the homeland and she did some kind of something opened up, some kind of channel opened up for her where she yeah. was able to finally connect with these gifts that, you know, passed down genetically through her family but for some reason she was closed off to it yeah all that time i'm getting goosebumps right now right putting so many so much so we're connecting the dots it's all starting to just like make more sense okay so 235 age 235 awesome jillian hunched back in her seat to observe the rising pink moon from her window (gasps) what april this must have been april april it, do you think it's rising pink moon as like the name or do you think it's a blood moon well the blood moon is red not pink so this could be alluding to the month that that they're in okay which... so april yeah it, it's right now i just had it yesterday this could be alluding to this being around april <laughs> when she was young people said she could bewitch men with a single glance but the truth was she'd never had the power to do so she veered into the crooked <gasps> she veered into the crooked path when she got involved with a man who was nothing but trouble. <gasps> Jimmy? Yes, and she learned her lesson. Never love someone who, who who could not love you back, Jet had told her. That is the way to heartbreak and nothing more. So wait, hold she was on the cricket uh, path when she was with Jimmy? Hold up, that makes so much sense because she was fucking with nightshade. When we did our garden episode, wasn't there a line that said like, when a witch starts to grow nightshade, that's when you know? Is, did we say that i don't remember i just listened to it today because it came out today and i was just making sure said? everything was okay i, I don't remember that i don't remember talking about 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 that but because faith starts growing it and marth whoever was watching Martha me, the chase yeah i was like oh okay. no that makes so much sense so jillian the plot thickens do you think she had access to that the um the book that faith was using book of the raven Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Interesting. We got to get through this. There's a lot. Oh, God. All right. Uh, Page 237. Jillian looked out the window and wondered if she was too greedy. She had the perfect life, and yet she wanted more. As she gazed out, she saw something, an unexpected shadow. It was a figure out in the fens what people called a shade. Not a ghost exactly, but rather a memory, as if a person was caught in an unending cycle of time they couldn't break, unable or unwilling to move on to the world beyond. Jillian had heard about such sightings in Salem, and Boston, layers of regret set in between the brittle history of the past which caught a soul and kept it, to repeat a moment or a deed. It was said you could walk down Beacon Street at dusk, and glimpsed half a dozen of these shades the witches were born with the ability to see spirits jillian had never come upon one herself and now she craned her neck to see moving so near the window her nose touched the glass page uh, 243 it appeared jillian had skills she hadn't imagined and being here had woken what was inside her everything that had been done could not be undone and what was to come was unknown fate can make the best of you or you can make the best of fate that was what jed always said uh, page 253, Jillian wore a flimsy blue nightgown. Her tawny hair pulled back. For some reason, she felt young again, ready to, ready to take the risk. If her room was haunted, so be it. I think she starts to like see things mm-hmm. more so in the, in the vicinity, in that mm-hmm. little inn that they're staying in. Mm-hmm. Perhaps she has something to learn from the other world. She was the selfish, god damn. <laughs> she was the selfish sister, the one who couldn't pass a mirror without stopping to gaze at herself the one who dated men who were nothing but trouble. Long ago, a man had nearly destroyed her. She thought his sort of love could withstand the curse. And now, whenever... Do you think she added that in? Because in the movie, she says... He can survive the curse, right? (gasps) About Jimmy? Whenever she heard about women who were caught up in a relationship that was tied to violence, women who stayed for years, sometimes for a lifetime, she understood. Jillian had been that woman, unable to walk out the door, reduced to nothing. She changed her life, but the wild girl she had once been still lived inside her heart. Page 255. Open up. Jillian had cracked the door. I'm being haunted. (laughs) She announced Jillian had been having unwanted memories of her old boyfriend, Jimmy, the one who nearly ruined her life. She felt shivery and threatened, as if the darkness of that time had happened all over again. As if there were certain family legacies that repeated themselves, despite how hard you tried to avoid them. seems like Jillian's always the one getting haunted by I shit, know, right? She is so much more tapped in than and Sally she realizes. But then she realizes because before it said that she she wasn't able to access that open portal, like her family could, right? But she does though, even in the movie towards the end of this story. Uh, The group of them that are trying to find Kylie go to Ian's mother's house. So Ian's mother, Margaret, gives Jillian a recipe for fertility. What is this? Jillian said, gazing up at the cunning woman before her. Recite the incantation each night. Jillian turned the card over, tears rimming her eyes. Goddess of the night, Hecate, honored above all, you are the beginning, you are the end, for you are all things, and in you eternal one, all things end. This is the recipe that worked for me when I wanted a child, Margaret Wright told her. I've been grateful ever since. So um, throughout this, we learned that the, oh, a way or like a component of breaking the curse is to for Sally to cut off all her hair. And Jillian is there to help her or at least give her support when she does that. So she's there as the curse is breaking. Last one I have here. Here we go. I did not remember this either. I know they talked about it, but I don't remember this child. <laughs> 363. <laughs> on weekends, there was often a full house on Magnolia Street. Jillian and Ben came to visit nearly every weekend, glad to be out of the city. Margaret's remedy had worked and Jillian had had the daughter she'd always wanted, a little girl named Francesca Bridget, after the Ooh. aunts, but called Bertie by one and all. Bertie had been born at Mount Auburn Hospital in Cambridge on March 21st, a date that was no longer considered unlucky. Oh, beautiful day. Oh, March 21st, people who were born on this day had a unique brand of courage, and what more could a woman wish for for her daughter? Ben Fry had handed out chocolate cigars to anyone he could stop in the corridor. He and Jillian were both deliriously happy to step blindly into whatever was to happen next. Birdie had a tuft of red hair, and her features resembled Franny's. She was stubborn and serious, and could call birds to the window with a wave of her hand, sparrows and hawks alike. On March 21st, which is also Franny's birthday, right, which was at that time considered unlucky. Right. So why all of a sudden was this now considered? Maybe unlucky? because the curse is broken? So Franny had to die to sacrifice herself in order for March 21st to be considered a lucky day to be born. I don't understand. Do we need to look into the the history of that being an unlucky day? Do you think that's an actual thing or just made up? I don't know. Birdie, I love that name. Yeah, it's cute. I think that's Sandra Bullock's name in Hope Floats. Is it? I think it is. Birdie. Birdie. Are you ready for a break? I am ready for a break. So. All right. What are we going to do when we come back? We're going to talk about some DVD extras and some quotes by Nicole Kidman herself. Um, and there was also a Nicole Kidman and Sandra Bullock reunion on the red carpet in 2018, which we're going to talk a little bit about. Um, also, there's some articles. And then we're going to do, there's the Enneagram, and then we have the Myers-Briggs test we're going to do for Jillian. We're going to talk about all that when we come back, so stay right there. You're listening to Magnolia Street Podcast. So this DVD has two sides. Regular film side, special features side. Guess what's in mine. What's in yours? Sweetie Todd. What the fuck? What the hell? That doesn't belong in there. No, my my Practical Magic DVD is actually in my DVD player because I fucking watch it so much for research, right? Yeah. research purposes but on the on the flip side of this dvd are some special features which i freaking love they like show behind the scenes stuff at the house being made Mm -hmm. but we have some little excerpts from the behind the scenes little interviews on set um and we just pulled the stuff from from the actors and the director talking about nicole kidman uh nicole speaking on these dvd extras uh she said i've she's talking about stockard channing which amazing mm-hmm. listen to our franny owens episode but she says i've always wanted to work with in her australian accent which i can't do watch his balls Sal. Work with channing. <laughs> i've seen her on stage so many times i've been amazed at her talents so to be able to be in the same room with her is an honor is that the just thing... my mind or was that good no that was pretty good the only thing i could say in australian is no Nar. no no <laughs> that's the only thing that's the only australian i could do she went on to say jillian has this thing where she loves big gorgeous men oh, and that's it. what goron is she's talking about the man who plays jimmy goron of you do her accent really well thanks man it's the whiskey and <laughs> she said uh I may- i'm gonna stop now i mainly had Whoa, a ch- keep going i love it <laughs> i mainly have a chance to work with men in my career So the idea of working with Sandy, Sandra Bullock, on something like this, I thought, wow, that sounds really fun. I want to work with a girl. So that's what you had to say. They really love working together. Thanks. I'm mortified to listen back to this in editing. (laughs) (laughs) Love it so um sandra bullock speaks about nicole on the dvd extras and she said i never met her in my life i was like nicole came seems like the perfect person to portray jillian our energies are so opposite that we needed what the other person had i know i needed what she had i don't know why i thought of her or why or why that worked it's just one of those things then she kind of sings songs one of those magical things And then in another interview on the show today in 1998 with Katie Couric. Do you want me to be Katie and you can be Sandy? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So Katie Couric goes, did you like working with Nicole Kidman? I had such a great time. You guys really hit it off. We did. And the fact is we don't have anything in common except for at the dinner table with a bottle of wine and everything sort of blends together. Speaking of uh, uh, speaking about. At the dinner table with a bottle of wine, you had a bottle of tequila, which looks like such a fun scene. That's what we hoped it would be. We weren't drunk when we shot these parts, dancing around the kitchen, or when we did our close-ups, but we had to reshoot a scene that was far away, and Nicole just puts the bottle on the table and was like, you know what? There's no reason we shouldn't be drunk here, and I said, you know, that's true. So I heard So I heard that Nicole Kim and yeah, she brought that tequila to the set, and they all- we're really getting drunk for that scene. We will have a whole, like, Nicole Kidman episode. So I didn't mm-hmm. even do, like, what her sign is. Did we look this up before? I'm really curious if she's a Sag. Nicole Kidman know. Zodiac. She's a Gemini. <gasps> Sister sign. Okay. Makes but she's sense. a Gemini. Okay. So the, uh, the director, Griffin Dunn, in the DVD extras had this to say about Nicole. He says, I go, you know, this woman is really funny. She's an Australian and they have a lot of fun in Australia. She's got a really fun, great wild side, just like Jillian. And I thought, my God, I've never seen Nicole be able to do that in a movie. She dances. Yeah. She dances and sings and jumps around and acts incredibly silly. And also does this other thing I think Nicole is really well known for that that extraordinary depth you know now that i think about it like all of the roles that i saw nicole kimmon in, in like in the early 90s before practical magic were all very serious drama dramatic very serious roles 100 this was the first time i ever saw her like this and it was so refreshing to see her like this and then like you think about her in like moulin rouge and bewitched like and now Luc- this lucille ball movie that came out mm-hmm. like she wants to do that but in our mind she's so like cemented in that serious yeah depth I and guess. step for wives step for why was, was great <gasps> that one too, was funny right? too yeah you know what i i don't know if this is if this is just a coincidence but i feel like once she kind of like divorced tom cruise she kind of like let her more of her personality come through did she pull a jillian
1: when she, she finally have. left
0: the jimmy she might have i <laughs> love moulin rouge by the way i that's one of my favorite movies I showed it to my brother-in-law and he was like, I did not like that. That was so sad. Moulin Rouge? Yeah. Yeah, it is very sad. The beginning is so kooky, though, and so much fun. I just love, like, the set design is just gorgeous and, like, the music is just gorgeous. It's so colorful. Yeah. I know. I love it. textures. Yeah. The textures. Okay. So he also goes on to say... Um, talking about Sandra and Nicole, that they have this great chemistry. I think you might have noticed they look nothing alike, which is, (laughs) I love when he says this, which is true in witch families. I've (laughs) researched that a lot. Witch sisters (laughs) don't look very much alike at all. (laughs) And he says, I don't think they really knew each other before this movie, but they act exactly like sisters. They fight, they laugh at the same jokes, and they're familiar in that historical way. And in my mind, I'm like... Has Griffin never seen, like, female friends interact with each other? Right, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Well, So they were just naturally comfortable with each other, it sounds like. Yeah, I don't know if he has any other sisters, but we talked about in a previous episode, he actually lost one of his sisters very early on, right? Tragically. Yeah, so maybe he just grew up not really knowing how girls interact with each other because he lost her too early to kind of see. Mm-hmm. Have that sibling bond with a a girl? I don't know. Um, so we have some uh, a bit from Denise Denovi speaking about Nicole in the DVD extras and Denise says she brings a real specific way of dealing with characters she inhabits them in a way that is fascinating to watch she works really from the inside out and I think we saw a little bit about a little bit of that in the exorcism scene where she's like kind of just like thrashing herself like like Griffin said she was given that scene like her all they had That's rubber floors because she would she was going to hurt herself i think she I, actually did get a concussion from that scene from i can't imagine watching it. something like that like oh i'm an actor but like holy shit <laughs> calm, calm down yeah. yeah so a while back i think it's uh back in 2021 october nicole did a little throwback post so cute. Cool. she just shared photos i think from the Practo Magic set but she quoted it's quoted saying wishing you all a practically magical weekend little star emoji little crystal ball emoji hashtag practical magic anniversary the australian native uh captioned the instagram post on saturday october 16th 2021 and the the carousel photos all eight photos showed her the peak of 90s fashion mm. through practical magic photos so yeah the very first one is her uh her by the poolside scene i love that green dress she wears you know in that scene where she's trying to like manipulate gary i know That that dress is so gorgeous. She almost—it's kind of has that shine of a snake. Like she almost is like Mm. snake-like in that, in her movements and stuff, very Mm -hmm. fluid. Do we ever actually see her snake tattoo in the movie, or is it just they just allude to it? We see it. Yeah, we kind of see it when they're doing the spell. Like you can kind of see when her hands. (gasps) Oh. The third picture in the carousel, you could see it on her wrist. Okay, but if you go to the very first picture at the pool, it's not there. It is not there. You are right continuity guys come on what happened with- I never realized it was on her wrist in the movie well we just talked about how it was on her wrist in the book but I never noticed it on her wrist in the movie cool I'm gonna have to go back to that phone tree day scene and look at her wrist now because now I know where to look mm-hmm. because they say they say is that a snake tattoo but I don't remember ever seeing it in that scene do you should we should we look at it real quick just to because you know you said you never noticed either is that it right there there it is it's so quick i always thought that was a bracelet i never realized that was the snake tattoo that be the snake holy shit i was today years old when i realized that that's this live yeah we're having rev- all these revelations today <laughs> night severus night i'm a snake do you I'm ever God. see that tiktok i'm a snack slitherous snack I'm a slitherous snack yeah so and then lastly um nicole just talking about practical magic there's not a lot oh. Really not a lot about her talking about Practical Magic, but she said that she did play Practical Magic for her younger daughters back in the day. Um, Oh, Sunday is the name of one of her daughters who was 13 at the time and Faith, who is 10. Um, But this was several several years ago. Um, Yeah, that was from U.S. Magazine. She said that. So this actually kind of blew my mind back in the day when I saw it like on replay. Mm -hmm. But Sandra Bullock was being interviewed back at the Academy Awards in 2018 and Nicole Kidman out of nowhere, just like comes up behind her. So Nicole Kidman arrived, arrived in style at these Academy Awards in a stunning Royal blue gown, but that wasn't the only thing. So she comes up behind her co-star from the past, Sandra Bullock, during this ABC red carpet interview. And Sandra Bullock goes, she's doing it again. She's always butting into my stuff <laughs> as a sister would. Right. So Aww. she scoots over and Nicole Kinman kind of, kind of comes in and the interviewer goes, Nicole, we were just talking about women we love, and you are one of the women we love. You've had such a great year with big little lies. Uh, do you just want me to take the whole thing or do you want to alternate? I thought you were going to continue with Nicole's voice because I am not good at Australian. Oh God. <laughs> She's so Nicole points to Sandy and she goes, well, this is a woman all I love. Oh my God. I love <laughs> And then Sandy goes, remember when we shot together and we asked her to get the tequila? She came back with her own tequila and we drank it anyway. I love that movie, Sandy, or Nicole said, um, of the memorable film, Tandy Sandra. I so- I showed that film to my kids. Holy shit. Oh my God. You're channeling she- her. crocodile Dundee the fuck out of that. I'm so sorry. Frikey. I showed that movie to my kids. It's a little above their like level of understanding, yeah, it's above most people's understanding. <laughs> we're really good sisters, I think we are, and we're really good drinkers too. <laughs> so cute. So, yeah. I wish they had more. They ended up walking off together off the stage, but like, but anyway, I thought that was a really cool like after all that time, that would have been ten twenty years later, twenty years. Wow, it was, it was a nice was a little impromptu impromptu interview. that was cute cute she's always butting into my stuff (laughs) (laughs) super cute i feel like it would be very easy to get them back on board oh 100 well like sandra bullock was wasn't she an executive producer on one of the reboots that that she was trying to make happen and then it fell through Mm -hmm. um so she's been she's been trying to make this happen again i think but for some reason we have your back We have the listeners. They have your back. We're going to make it happen. We fully support it. We are right now. We are a nobody, but who knows, maybe in a year, two years time, we will be channel that stalkered energy energy. Practical magic podcast rock stars. Hopefully we'll have the funds to help back something like (sighs) that. Someday. Wouldn't that be a dream? Uh, Lastly, in like, little snippets we're gonna get on to like enneagrams like we normally do in the myers-briggs but um the next article we have is from thelist.com and the things it's called the things about practical magic you notice as an adult but a little snippet out of there says jillian is kind of the worst sister in practical magic and they say that practical magic's jillian owens played by nicole kimmon is a flawed but likable character She is adventurous and goes after what she wants. But unfortunately for Sally, she's basically the worst sister. (laughs) It all starts when Jillian sneaks out of the house and runs away with a boy. This is especially sad for Sally because anyone else their age in town bullies them and Sally probably doesn't have any other friends. And to lose Jillian is probably a huge blow. Then, like a terrible sister, Jillian doesn't even come back and visit When she does return, she wonders whether or not Sally's daughters will like her. So it's clear she hasn't been there in a long time. And when she's back with her family, she depends on Sally to save her from the the Jimmy scenario and to cover up his death. Sally even lies for Jillian and in return, Jillian kind of scolds Sally uh, for talking too much, asking, what is wrong with you? sisters, eh? It it says, but I think this episode you and I have kind of talked about like the techniques or the care love language that they share with each other and how they show that is not always healthy, but in the context that they I think this person is writing You know, the saying, the what is wrong with you? Like, they're trying so hard to cover up this crime and take care of each other that the fact that Sally can't keep her mouth shut because she can't lie to Gary because of a spell she put in play when she was 10 years old. That's Um, awesome. I thought that was interesting. Okay, so it says, like a terrible sister, Jillian doesn't even come back and visit. And then it jumps right to, when she does return, she wonders whether or not Sally's daughters will like her. It failed to acknowledge that she did come back and visit after Sally's husband died. But... If that is an astral projection, she really didn't come back. Right. Oh, was this person on the same wavelength as we? We've talked about how uh, she is kind of a. Narcissist. She is kind of self centered. She kind of only thinks about herself in a lot of ways. All right. We're going to kind of switch gears right now. We're going to talk about the Enneagram. Real quick, Christina, can you explain again what an Enneagram is? Because I'm still like, what is an Enneagram? It de- it's defined by nine personality types, which are represented by a geometric figure called an Enneagram. Mm-hmm. And it, this indicates the connection between certain types. There are numbers between one and nine, and each of those numbers. Correlate, I guess, with a different personality type. Anyway, so Jillian is an Enneagram 7, and this article has her categorized in the Myers-Briggs test as an ESFP. So that is an entertainer which it says extroverted observant feeling and prospecting she's got all those personality traits Uh, these people love vibrant experiences engaging in life eagerly taking pleasure in discovering the unknown they can be very social often encouraging others into shared activities Um, some famous uh, ESFPs are Elton John Marilyn Monroe Jamie Oliver and Adele and there's a little bit above here I'm going to read a little bit more about what the ESFPs what their personality traits tend to be more specific to Jillian so it says Jillian is the exact opposite from her sister where Sally wants to minimize her life Jillian cannot wait to get out there and do things mess around with men travel around the world and throw herself face first into trouble she tends to react in the moment Instantly to things, seeing a blood moon, she risks not being able to escape her drunken, abusive boyfriend to recover her talisman. She uses herbs in his drink to keep him calm and make him sleep, but when her sister causes him to have an overdose to protect her, she thinks that they'd, they'd be better off resurrecting him from the dead than going to jail. The aunt's warning about not bringing anything unnatural back, be damned uh desperate to send a handsome policeman away from the house jillian concocts a special syrup intended to do just that the extent of her foreknowledge runs into her tendency to read people's lifelines but her behavior drinking getting involved with terrible men etc shows poor foresight and a tendency to live in the moment she has two sides to her The fun-loving and good-natured aunt, who can be tender, compassionate, and kind. And a meaner side, in which she looks down her nose at her sister's choices and gets into shouting matches with her about her fearful and cautious nature. Jillian can stay cool and keep her emotions hidden inside her when the cops arrive. Her sister cannot. And that's a bone of contention between them, confronting people, being harsh with them and saying unpleasant things, but often doesn't think about how to solve her own problems and relies on other people to save her, which we talked about before. Right. She's like kind of an oxymoron, like she she wants to run away to be independent, but ultimately she just keeps running to guys to help solve her problems, which mm-hmm. that doesn't work out, as we know Um, her Enneagram now, 7w6. S-O slash S-X. This means Jillian does not take things seriously, much like her sister. She is running away from what happened to her parents. But unlike Sally, she is doing it by throwing herself headfirst into life and all it has to offer. She excitedly becomes involved sexually with men. She travels all over the place to the extent where her nieces rarely see her. Rarely. They have not seen her, as far as the movie anyway. Like, they have never met her until she- back and she avoids talking about unpleasant things jillian tries to sugarcoat some of the darker things about her life she admits that she drugs her boyfriend so he will stop wanting to sleep with her long enough to let her sleep she abdicates her responsibility at times in things and tries to ignore it and disapproves of her sister's buttoned up more responsible nature calling it prudish and fearful but she's also fearful she cannot leave her boyfriend by herself she needs her sister's support they bury bodies together and look after each other. But ultimately, Jillian just wants her entertaining, funny, and extroverted life back. So we're going to take her test, her Myers-Briggs test for her. Okay. Can you see Emma screen. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. All right. This is the Myers-Briggs test. The, yes, this is from 16personalities.com. We've done this for Sally. We've done this for Franny. And we're going to keep in mind that this creator we just talked about uh, categorizes Jillian as an ESFP. We are going to take her test. It's a little lengthy. We'll try to get through it. We've done this. We're practiced. We got this. So Mm -hmm. we're going to read the questions. And there's a scale of agree to disagree. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. This ain't our first rodeo. We got this. All right. So does Jillian regularly make new friends? I'm going to say hard agree. I agree. But- they might not all be actual friends. They might just be surface level friends because I think she just makes friends because it's whoever is convenient for her. Yes. Yeah. I think it's out of convenience, not because she actually wants to be friends with people. Yes. I feel like unfortunately, if she needs something, she's your best friend. Yep. You spend a lot of your free time exploring various random topics that pique your interest. I would say middle agree. I feel like she's very worldly. Mm. Well versed. Yeah, I could see that. Seeing other people cry can easily make you feel like you want to cry too. Yes. For me, that's a yes. Hard agree or middle? I'm good with middle. All right. All right. You often make a backup plan for a backup plan. Disagree. Disagree? Yeah, because like she's so spontaneous. I don't think she actually, she doesn't think about consequences at all. Yeah. She kind of just like, he takes things as they come. And then once the shit hits the fan, then that's when she chooses to deal with it. Okay. Okay you usually stay calm even under pressure that depends because yeah, as we yeah. talked about before she was freaking out when the shit with jimmy hit the fan but she was very calm and collected when she needed to manipulate gary when he Should came we it do out. A little baby agree or neutral i'm gonna say neutral because i think it's situational for her at social events you rarely try to introduce yourself to new people and mostly talk to the ones you already know disagree or disagree yeah yeah, yeah. i think she's a floater i think she has no problem schmoozing with whoever she's Think's going to serve her best interests. That is why she is part of my pop pantheon cuz I have a problem with doing that, but I just embody the stalker Jillian energy when I need to like talk mm-hmm. to Alice Hoffman. <laughs> so, you are really good at at schmoozing. Thank you, I wish thank I you. I wish I was better at you schmoozing. Are. No, you are. You're very personable. You're good at conversation. You just be confident in yourself. We're all people, you know. No, it's okay. I'm not I'm an ast- I'm a I'm a different kind of being. I'm a what do they call them? Those star children. You're a star child? I, I'm not from this planet. I don't know. Star child. <laughs> all right. You prefer to completely finish one task before starting another. Or one project before starting another. A disagree. Hard disagree. I think she's all over the fucking place. You are very sentimental. Disagree. Disagree? Um that's also a hard one because like her doing the whole like blood packed with sally like that's very that's a very sentimental thing how about baby agreed yeah because also like it is it does seem very very sentimental looking from the outside but do you think she just did that just to kind of like shut sally up or get sally off her back or kind of like make sally feel better about her leaving even though like she knows she's being selfish in that moment but she just wants to give sally something well when when Antonia in the movie brings her mother's little journal, mm-hmm. and Jillian's like, that was, you know, that was your mother's." Like she looks at it fondly, you know, yeah. nostalgically. So yeah, I'm gonna do baby agree. Oh, right. Okay, All right, okay. We'll I do baby agree. You like to use organize organizing tools like schedules and lists. <laughs> Hard disagree. Nah, even Nomerals. a small mistake can cause you to doubt your overall abilities and knowledge. I don't know because I think she's a very good schmoozer. Hmm. I think she's. I think she could bullshit her way out of any situation. I agree. I'm gonna do middle disagree. All right. All right. You feel comfortable just walking up to someone you find interesting and striking up a conversation. Part agree. Yeah. Uh, you are not too interested in discussing various interpretations and analyses of creative works. Hmm. I'm gonna say baby to middle agree, but that's going off movie jelly and not like so much the book scientist hmm later okay. jillian Please. okay oh, that's a hard one because we don't really know too much about her as far as her intellectual brain right we only see surface jillian we don't really know much about that yeah yeah neutral yeah let's do neutral you are more inclined to follow your head than your heart <laughs> disagree disagree, disagree. You usually prefer just doing what you feel like at any given moment instead of planning a particular daily routine agree Hard agree. You rarely worry about whether you make a good impression on people you meet. Agree. Yeah. You enjoy participating in group activities. Agree. I'm sure she's had a threesome or two, or five, oh or, yeah, or a hundred. <laughs> you like books and movies that make you come up with your own interpretation of the ending. I'm gonna say agree. Okay. I think I think she would she would like to have that kind of control over the I outcome mean, of a situation. Can we do middle agree. Your happiness comes more from helping others accomplish things than your own accomplishments. I'm gonna say agree because. When she had to make the potion to send Gary away, she just wants to help her sister not get in trouble. Okay, I don't know. That's that's the angle I'm coming at from it, but I don't know. What do you think? I really think Jillian's kind of cutthroat. Yeah, we can do little baby. Agree. She's not really doing it out of like uh, charity. She's doing it to not get in trouble. Right. Yeah, and that's another thing. Like accomplish things other than your own accomplishments. She's self. We we've, we've already established she's she's a selfish person, right? When it comes down to it, she's. Out for her own best interests at the end of the day yeah so i don't think her happiness comes from helping others accomplish things i think she baby I disagree th- yeah i guess you are interested in so many things you find it difficult to choose what to try next i'm gonna say agree i think she's got a lot of different i think she's a floater she's a yeah. lot of she probably has a lot of different interests yeah you're prone to worrying that things will take a turn for the worst how much worse can it get than jimmy though but she's always like even with ben like, being with Ben, she was like, this is gonna, like, end up with me with a black eye, you know? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, agree. Um, You avoid leadership roles in group settings. I feel like I'd agree in here. Maybe she avoids leadership roles? I don't think she likes responsibility. Mm. Uh, you are definitely not an artistic type of person. I think she's probably artistic. So, middle disagree? If she's a Sag, she's got some ar- artsy-fartsiness in okay. her. All right. So oh, yeah. you are definitely not an artistic person. So we disagree with that. Yeah, she probably is. You think the world would be a better place if people relied more on rationality and less on feelings. We disagree. You prefer to do your chores before allowing yourself to relax. No, I, I think I think her sink is full of dishes. Yes. I think her laundry is piled up on the floor. Yeah, I don't think she yeah. gives a fuck yeah. about her personal space. You enjoy watching people argue. I would say agree. Yeah? I don't know. I don't know. That's a hard one. She's so sensitive, though. You know. Yeah. Have yeah. Maybe like, agree. Okay. Yeah. Well, you enjoy watching people argue. I'm gonna say disagree because when when Sally was calling her out, she was running away. And in the book, she always, when Sally starts yelling at her, she's like, "I can't take this. I'm so sensitive." Yeah. Yeah. I don't think she likes confrontation, and I think she would cringe at watching other people fight as well okay. because she's so sensitive. We really so. did a 180 on that one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes you got to talk it out, you know, you got to talk it out and make sense of it in your, in your head. You tend to avoid drawing attention to yourself. <laughs> I hard disagree. Yeah. Your mood can change very quickly. Agree. You lose patience with people who are not as efficient as you. I would agree. Probably. I would agree too. Yeah. You often end up doing things at the last possible moment. Oh, agree. Yeah.
1: That, you have sounds always... like,
0: that sounds like Justina to me. <laughs> Sage. you have always <laughs> been fascinated by the question of what, if anything, happens after death. I would have to agree. Yeah, I do too. Because remember that scene she's like meditating in the attic? Mm-hmm. Like she has some kind of connection and fascination with the spiritual realm, I feel like. Oh. Even if she's not naturally inclined, I feel like she definitely wants and craves to connect on a deeper level with spirituality. You usually prefer to be around others, wait, around others rather than your own. Oh, 100% right. agree. Yeah. I feel like she doesn't, I feel like she avoids being alone at all costs. Yeah, You become bored or lose interest when the discussion gets highly theoretical. Uh, I think she could spar. I think she yeah, could verbal spar a little bit. I do too. If, especially if she's a sage, I think she's got a lot of questions about the world and the universe. Her head's in the clouds. I could definitely see her wanting to know those answers you find it easy to empathize with a person whose experiences are very different from yours disagree really yeah because like look sally's life is so different from hers and she's true and she gives her shit all the time you her for it so yeah uh, yeah. but that's family and you're always the hardest on family but that's all we have to go on we don't really see how she interacts with anybody else in the world you know yeah you usually postpone finalizing decisions for as long as possible A hundred percent agree. You rarely second guess the choices that you have made. (sighs) Before or after she's done them. I know. Like afterwards she's like, oh, I should have never said hello to him. Yeah. But before before she does them, I think she acts on- Impulse. Yeah. Impulse for sure. Yeah. Put agree, right? Uh, Hard agree. (laughs) Hard, Hard agree. After a long, exhausting week, a lively social event is just what you need. Agree. Agree. Yeah, I think she she feeds off of other people's energy. Do you think she's like she might... an energy vampire? I was just going to say that. Just I was shut like up. I was just going to say she might even go as far as to like be, literally feed off of people's energy. Like she just gives me that vibe. Because mm-hmm. when she comes back to Magnolia Street, the shit hits the fan. Sally's fucking exhausted. She's just sucking the life force out of this entire field. The aunts have to leave because she's just too fucking much. The aunts are so old they don't have any energy to give. They just leave. Oh, shit. Oh, my so God. So, a literal energy vampire, Jillian, 100%. Jillian, holy revelation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my face hurts from smiling. <laughs> you enjoy going to art museums. Hmm. I'm, I'm going to say middle disagree. Like, she wants to I party. Think you think that's too boring for her? Yeah yeah it's not it's not lively enough she needs life she she needs a live music band she needs to go see live music she does not want to be staring at paintings you know the only museum i could see her going to is very like eyes wide shut like if she if there's like naked people like fake posing as statues
1: Mm. you know she'd be
0: like wow something very avant-garde and just off the cuff and super fucking weird very taboo yeah very um what's the yeah taboo for sure Yeah, you often have a hard time understanding other people's feelings i think agree i don't think she's very i think she tries to have empathy but i think it's hard for her to tap into other people's feelings because she's such a selfish freaking person so hard agree or middle agree i'm gonna say middle agree because i feel like she tries but she doesn't really have that empathetic Mm -hmm. bone in her body if so you know if we're going off the book she does try to be empathetic to her nieces or at least Kylie. Right, because her and Antonia, yeah. they don't like each other, right? Uh, the next one is, you like to have a to-do list for each day. No, nah. no, Hard to disagree. Yeah. You she rarely does. feel insecure. I think, I think, internally, I think she's very insecure, which is why she acts the way she does. Mm-hmm. But the, the message she puts out her like external persona i feel like looking at her from an outsider perspective you wouldn't think that she feels insecure because she puts off this confident show but i think she definitely feels insecurity. okay so should we do middle disagree yeah okay wow wow you avoid making phone calls agree agree he's not answering her phone okay we're talking about the 90s I'm even calling her sister she, she unplugged her her voice machine she don't even have that plugged in she's like leave me everybody leave me the fuck alone you'll find me when if i want to find you yeah she's that far in the wind if when you catch her you got you gotta catch her when if you're able to catch her like <laughs> if not you're not hearing from her for another five years so oh my god you often <laughs> spend a lot of time trying to understand views that are very different from your own disagree i don't think she gives a fuck all right in your social circle, you are often the one who contacts your friends and initiates activities. Yeah, I think she's a social butterfly. Agree. Yeah. If your plans are interrupted, your top priority is to get them back on track as soon as possible. Disagree. She don't give a shit. Yeah. How about baby disagree? Yeah, I'm just trying to think because her plans were interrupted oh. when, when shit with Jimmy hit the fan. Yeah. She wasn't really able to get to get that back true. on track. Oh, you're right. Okay. How about what are these? Wait, but she wasn't able to get them back on track, right? But her priority was to do so. Mm, her priority was to not go to jail. That's true. <laughs> That's true. I don't know. I guess neutral. neutral. Okay. Do neutral for that. You are still bothered by mistakes you made a long time ago. Oh, agree. Yeah. Even you though she agree. knows she can't do anything about him at this point, but. Even in Book of Magic, she's still thinking about Jimmy. Right. You rarely contemplate the reasons for human existence or the meaning of life. I'm going to say disagree. I think she definitely wonders. Your emotions can control you more than you control them. Oh, agree. She's such an impulse person. Yes. You take great care not to make people look bad, even when it Is completely their fault. Disagree. I don't think she cares. Your personal work style is closer to spontaneous bursts of energy than organizing consistent efforts. (laughs) That sounds like somebody I know too. AKA me. Yeah. (laughs) When someone thinks highly of you, you wonder how long it will take them to feel disappointed in you. Oh, yeah. Agree. Yeah, hard agree. Agree. You would love a job that requires you to work alone most of the time. Disagree. Again, I, disagree. I think she needs to I think she needs to feed off of other people's energies to survive. Yeah. <laughs> you believe that pondering abstract philosophical questions is a waste of time. Yeah. I I'd put baby to middle disagree because if she's in science yeah, yeah. We'll do middle. You feel more drawn to places with busy, bustling atmospheres than quiet, intimate places. Agree, I think she needs that energy. You know at first glance how someone is feeling. Hmm, let's think about this one for, for a second. I feel like I do baby disagree. Yeah, you think she's, she finds it hard to read between the lines? I feel like she's the one person, if you're mad, say you're mad. Like, I'm not going to play this quiet game. Yeah, yeah, I feel like she, she doesn't really, she can't really tell that Sally's pissed at her until... Like Sally calls her out on her shit. Okay. You know, Baby or middle? I'm gonna say middle. I guess middle disagree. All right. Last little bit. You often feel overwhelmed. I'm gonna say disagree. I don't think mm-hmm. she's thinking too much about all the stuff on her plate. I think she's like take it that take it one minute at a time kind of person. I don't okay. Know. I'm gonna do little middle middle disagree. All right. You complete things methodically without skipping over any steps. Disagree. <laughs> disagree. I bet you if if Jillian had to put together a piece of furniture from IKEA, all, all the, the knobs would be on back backwards like there'd be parts missing but she'd have a man to help her exactly she'd have a man do it for her because if she did it that's what would happen it would she'd be so bored all right <laughs> you are very intrigued by things labeled as controversial agree agree I, I would agree she is i feel like she wants to stir the pot mm, hmm. yeah well yeah she goes to phone tree day all all ready to rile up all those women yeah right? Yeah. Uh, you would pass along a good opportunity if you thought someone else needed it. Disagree. Yeah. I think she's so selfish. She'd be that person in like a corporate job that would like sit in on a meeting and then somebody would give like this really great idea. And then the next day she would present it like in secret to the, like the higher ups. My and then, idea. And then That's she me. would pass it off as her idea. Because it's survival then, of the fittest. And then that other person will get fired. A fired. Holy oh, shit. Because they, they didn't deliver. And oh Jillian God. would just be like, it's not my fucking fault You're, you didn't come up with the idea. And like legit, like try to pass it off that like she really came up with that. I could see her doing that for sure. Okay. Yeah, I could see you. Yeah. You struggle with deadlines. Agree. You, you, think com- she's paying, you think she's paying her bills on time? No, I think she's not <laughs> even using auto pay to help her situation. <laughs> right, because she, she's got that party money. She's She's not using it for, you know, food or... Mm-hmm. Else? You feel confident that things will work out for you. I agree. I feel like she's, yeah. got, like she's got the lucky girl syndrome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. All right. We're done here. So let's see what, what she is. So initially, the website we noted listed Jillian as an entertainer, an ESFP. Mm-hmm. And that's extroverted, observant, feeling, and prospecting. However, we have... The results from our 16 personalities test and within the questions we answered, Jillian in our perception is Mm -hmm. a debater, Mm. E-N-T-P slash T. -hmm. Debaters are curious and flexible thinkers who cannot resist an intellectual challenge. Which makes sense if like in the book, she was a scientist. So she likes thinking. She likes crunching the numbers. Yes. So that makes sense. She is 82% extroverted. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They really enjoy group activities and social interaction. They tend to be outwardly uh, enthusiastic and express their excitement. She's also 61% intuitive. And those individuals are very imaginative, open-minded, and curious. They value originality and focus on hidden meanings and distant possibilities. She is 59% thinking. So between thinking and feeling a very mm-hmm. small percentage she could have been more towards feeling but 59% thinking these individuals focus on objectivity and rationality often dismissing emotion in favor of logic huh that's, weird i feel like that's opposite of what we went with through the whole test right i agree what the heck i don't understand that to see effectiveness as more important than social harmony weird mm-hmm. this yeah. is the first time we've had this happen yeah And she is 96% prospecting. And these individuals are good at improvising and adapting to opportunities. And they tend to be flexible nonconformists who value novelty above stability. I can see that. And that dash T, Justina and I also have, and that means turbulent. So she Mm -hmm. is 56% turbulent uh, as opposed to assertive. So turbulent individuals are self-conscious and sensitive to stress. They feel a sense of urgency in their emotions and tend to be success-driven, perfectionist, and eager to improve. I would not have gathered that for her. I would not have either. Where it says romantic relationships, I'm curious as to what that says. Alright, so romantic relationships. So if there's one thing debaters are good at, it's coming up with a never-ending stream of innovations and ideas to keep things moving forward. And this is evident in their romantic relationships as well. For people with the debater personality, type growth is key. And even before they found a dating partner, they imagine all the ways that they can experience new things together to grow in tandem. This can be an overwhelming process if their partner doesn't match up. But when debaters find someone who shares their love of intellectual exploration, watch out. Maybe that's why she vibed so well with Ben because mm-hmm. he sparked her intellectual—that's aspect of her brain. Yeah, for sure. Um, but it said, wait, scroll up a little bit. What did it say about uh, if it can be an overwhelming process if the partner doesn't match up? Yeah. Well, we we've seen what happens when that partner doesn't match up. He right? did just chaos. Yeah. he did. He did. <laughs> exactly. So sparks may fly from the earliest dates debaters test their partners limits for this kind of potential pushing boundaries and traditions looking for open mindedness and spontaneity dating debater personalities is hardly a boring experience and they make use of their enthusiasm and creativity by delighting and surprising their partners with new ideas and experiences debaters ideas of fun is often rooted in self improvement and people with this personality type bring their partners along the way uh, as much in a spirit of sharing as in a spirit of expectation debaters see either growth or stagnation and don't buy into the idea of happy status quo, making them demanding as much as they are exciting. Some may tire in the face of this constant improvement. While debaters' vigor can be attractive, it can also wear down even the most patient partners. A little time to breathe and a chance to rest on one's laurels for a moment is necessary for many people, but not something debaters are likely to appreciate. But not something Debaters are likely to appreciate. However, if their unwavering enthusiasm is met in kind, it can lead to a magnificent relationship characterized by strength, depth, and spark. I wanted to see who else had the same personality, but I don't know where to find that. Oh, here we go. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Debaters you may know: Weird Al Yankovic, Adam Savage, Sarah Silverman, Mark Twain, Tom Tom Hanks. Hey. Thomas edison and celine, celine Dion, dion. dion. <laughs> sasha oh, barry cohen captain jack sparrow terry lannister wait a, wait a minute wait a minute love- is this right i feel like we we said captain jack sparrow and celine dion didn't we say that for for uh sally's character is this the right page I don't remember girl i just i did not x out of anything it's the debater okay okay that's just a little look into Jillian's personality. We're going to try to find what we had Sally as and then it might be cool to put them side by side, but we don't remember cuz that was like episode 5. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um when did we record that one? Was that in November? Because there's an email in our inbox that says personality type INFJT. I don't remember That's if that probably was Sally. Sally. Yeah. All right. So she, yeah, she's the advocate INFJT. Okay. So yeah, if you guys want to go take your own personality test, um, 16personalities.com, right? Right. 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 Fight milk. All right, guys. So uh, we're going to talk about some uh, subscription boxes. And what? subscription boxes do you think the uh, practical magic characters would be into i don't know but createjoy.com had a theory and a link which we'll share it's a theory you just like theory theory Just <laughs> like, what What? that's this what, curious? what? <laughs> charlie day with the red yeah with the red yarn <laughs> what yes yes this box is called awakening and it is on createjoy.com mm-hmm and justina is going to tell us why they put this box I, I i don't know if they put the box together or they just found this box in their searches and were are like this is a jillian centered this is something she would buy because okay. of the following okay so jillian is the wild free-spirited owen sister she embraces her witchy roots and isn't hesitant to use her powers for better and for worse The Awakening Box, with the goal of supporting and strengthening one's connection to the universe, would be the perfect box for the bold redhead. Each delivery comes with three healing crystals or stones, as well as detailed description cards of the properties of each item. And considering Jillian was possessed by the evil spirit of her murdery ex-boyfriend... Murdery! (laughs) she could probably use a lifetime supply of healing crystals do you think does it tell us what's in this box if if we click the link Uh, product details so grow your crystal collection awakening by awakening in a box is the original crystal subscription service. Whether you are a beginner or a seasoned collector, our service will allow you to grow your crystal collection. You will receive three crystals slash stones and two products every month, specifically made to strengthen your connection to spirit and the universe. Each theme is intuitively chosen and divinely tied based on what we believe the collective whole, yes, that means you, needs the most. Our detailed and collectible crystal cards help you gain a wealth of knowledge and delve deeper into the metaphysical properties of crystals. Perfect gift idea for that special spiritual this is not sponsored by the way yeah nah i think this is interesting um that they made a whole jillian box i find it interesting though that it makes sense that it would be connected with healing crystals when her big thing is tiger's tiger's eye which i'm holding right now because grounded by the moon joseph sent us a worry stone tiger's eye and my dyslexia is like you have to stem and you have to read so I'm, that's really cool that it's like, uh, it includes crystal stones, energy sprays, natural soaps, jewel, jewelry, and more in that mm-hmm. box. Yeah, right. not sponsored. Yeah. yeah. That's really neat. I like how it's like, this is this is perfect. This is a perfect box for the bold redhead. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wonder if that means that they they uh, include a lot of like, maybe red fiery crystals or like, like a citrine or something. I'm looking at this, uh the picture with the pumpkin topper on the glass jar crystals Uh it looks like they got citrine in there they got some tiger's eye in there they got it looks like maybe garnet or like a red jasper or something Mm -hmm. carnelian maybe i think that's carnelian and maybe is there such thing as like a leopard obsidian because this chunk in here kind of looks like a snowflake obsidian but it's got the brown spots instead of the white spots you see that Mm -hmm. that's pretty uh next we have a jillian owens spell oil and this is by lunar leo's Mm -hmm. at lunarleos.com and they say that's what love is like it makes your heart race it turns your world upside down but if you're not careful if you don't keep your eye on something still you can lose your balance jillian owens is a woman on fire she plows her own way through the dirt and no matter how covered she gets she finds a way to make in an experience so full of life and levity that you wouldn't even notice the mud on her face jillian glows with a light that radiates from deep within And she is a force of will and might. But if we've learned anything from Jillian, we learn how fragile the facade can be uh, of someone who has lived many lives, like a black cat in the moonlight. Throughout her story, Jillian learns that to care for herself is an investment. Visceral experiences fuel her, but she seeks a healing hand to soothe her. Jillian learned she cannot look to others to hold her, that she must be her own advocate and that a little self-love can go a long way. Through trial and tribulation, Jillian Owens teaches us that to love oneself is the greatest love story of all time, that only true affection and care for ourselves will allow us to truly heal. So hang on to your husbands, girls, because we're putting ourselves first this time. I love that. And that is so true. That is the that epitomizes the story of self it's self love, like to love yourself first. Like fall in love whenever you can. And falling in love with yourself is the hardest thing to do. Yeah. Sometimes right. Yeah. Cause sometimes when you're avoiding facing yourself in the mirror, just like that passage we read in the book a little while ago, it's so easy yeah. to try to find that validation in other people. Yeah. And you like really have to find that in yourself before any, any anything anything yeah. anybody else. That's totally. They say Jillian Owens' spell oil is intended for magical workings of personal power, self-love, and healing. She smells like an iced chai latte with honey steeped in the Arizona sunlight. Yeah, blended with oils of cinnamon for success, love, and abundance, honeysuckle for banishing, protection, and psychic ability, and jasmine flowers for creativity, feminine energy, and healing. This ritual oil is made by human and witch hands in extremely small batches, and you can contact them. On their website or at info at for any questions about allergies or skin sensitivities. Um, they always, pa- or they recommend patch testing before using, um, consult your primary care doctor uh, before use if you are pregnant or breastfeeding as this blanket does contain essential oils and herbs. And we've talked about before how some of those fuck with your pregnancy, but consult your doctor. Yeah. Yeah, consult your doctor. Some of the ingredients they list are grapeseed oil, sweet almond oil, vitamin E oil, fragrance, essential oil blend, um, honeysuckle flowers, cinnamon bark, and jasmine flowers. And this combination has a shelf life of about six months we've talked about lunar leos on here before they make yeah this says they make them in small batches i believe that they're already i don't know if they restocked since the last time we talked about them on the show but i believe that they were they like ran out really quickly again i think there was i would be interested in this one yeah yeah they have a, a Sally one too. I don't know if we talked about mm-hmm. that one on Sally's episode. We didn't. We okay. were so like baby new at the yeah. time. We didn't know all the avenues and all the creators. Uh, not saying that we know this creator at all, but their label is very cute. It has a little caricature of Jillian on it. It's very simple line drawing. So, so sweet. All right. So we have a Jillian Book of Shadows candle. I'm trying to hover. Oh, BijouCandles.com? Yeah. B-I-J-O-U Candles.com. Bijou. I think it means jewel. Bijou. I like that. It's cute. So the top note is the initial impression of the fragrance. Middle note is the main body of the scent. Base is its final impression. So in this candle, the top note is the black peppercorn. The middle note is papyrus, jasmine, and coriander. And the base is bourbon vanilla, cedarwood, patchouli, and warm amber. Toasty. That sounds really really toasty. Toasty. Um, So the description of the candle is this. Pressed flowers and papyrus bound together in a sweet and spicy vintage leather. Each page perfumed with magic, patchouli, jasmine, and warm amber. The wood stove crackles and enchanting brew bubbles and a black cat curls about your feet. Ignite your senses with the warm spices of our Book of Shadows inspired candle. The, this black peppercorn and cedarwood scented candle is paired perfectly with dreamy coriander, earthy patchouli, and sweet jasmine. If you're looking to add some magic to your home this spooky season, look no further than Jillian. I'm guessing Bijou has a Sally candle as well. So Sally, her scent vibes are floating petals, a blood oath, and a black umbrella. So this one, the Sally one, is also called Magic Greenhouse Candle. So the notes on this one, the top note is eucalyptus, lavender, and lemon. The middle note is fig leaf, cashmere, and lily. And the base is sandalwood, cardamom, vanilla, and musk. Ooh. Yeah, that sounds nice. So this one says, fresh eucalyptus and soothing lavender waft through sun-dappled leaves. A warming brew of cardamom and vanilla seemingly stirs itself. Petals of lily, leaves of fig, and a cozy cashmere hug. A true love spell. You'll fall in love with this eucalyptus and lavender candle, but don't worry, you won't die. (laughs) What? What? that's what it says. Oh, Inspired by one of our favorite Owen sisters, this magical blend of lemon and fig leaf will grow on you just like the magical plants in the greenhouse. Ooh. Lovely. I guess I'll read Lunar Leo's Sally spell oil real quick. Let me see. Okay. Or, or at least the ingredients. So the ingredients are grapeseed oil, almond oil, vitamin E, lavender, rose, jasmine, And rosemary. And on late hazy summer days, when the wind is warm and the crickets sing, you can find Sally Owens in the garden planting her spells. Sally is a witch we look to for stability, for strength, and against all odds, and most often for a love that even time will allow down and be still for. Sally found her power through love for others and a selfless act. She was blessed by the goddess above, developing a psychic awareness that allowed her to help others and to connect to her inner divinity early on. But Sally learned to accept herself only later in life. She called back her power from those who doubted her, shunned and dismissed her, and from those who tried to silence her. Sally had power because she believed she did. And she teaches us that if we believe in our own strength and power, we can become an untapped, unstoppable force of magic. So let's break some generational curses and hold up our sister witches. Love that awesome, and then uh, lastly, we have a Jillian tea. This is from Adagio Teas, which we've talked about on yeah. the show before. Again, not sponsored, just throwing out some cool products based on our favorite, yeah, story. So, um, this was created by Paige Huntman. There's an orchid on the box, the packaging is gorgeous, high caffeine. This one's a high ca- caffeinated tea. Um, so, uh, the steep at 180 degrees for three minutes, the ingredients in this tea. Uh, It's blended with green tea, cinnamon, black tea, orange, cinnamon ground, natural spice flavor, natural spicy cinnamon flavor, toasted mate, ginger, and cloves. And the teas are fiery cinnamon spice, spiced green, and toasted mate, accented with safflower. I've never heard of toasted mate or safflower. Am I saying it right? Is it mate or is it it like- It sounds right to me. Okay. (gasps) I just realized something. What? We never did a card pull. We could do one now. Let's do one now. Do a card pull to to round it out. Oh my goodness. I wonder I wonder if it's gonna do that magical thing it always does. Ready? I'm ready. Let me know. Tell me when to stop. Okay. Okay. Stop. Yeah. Divination. Beyond the veil is the key keywords. That's an interest that's interesting because Jillian, she's the only one we really see in that series that really practices besides maria who does the t the the tassiomancy jillian is the only other one we really see do much divination yeah right you are right yes she does her uh palm reading she messes with tarot cards yeah yeah so let's see what this says all right so divination beyond the veil um another keyword of this is signs so this says listen and be aware of the signs that the other side gives you interesting because oh. she was also one of the only ones well besides kylie in the movie but jillian in the books she gets a lot of these kind of like i guess not signs but paranormal little activities. experiences. yeah, yeah, yeah experiences yeah, So yeah, so listen, be aware of the signs that the other side gives you. They are here to help guide and support you. Don't let these efforts be wasted. You need to be more receptive to everything around you. Which is in another interesting tidbit because she thought she had no connection to that, right? Mm-hmm. But she actually had quite the connection. Divination is a magical practice to see to the other side to gain clarity, insight, and guidance. This includes many different forms: cards, runes, tea leaves, etc. Connect with your chosen type of divination and begin seeing beyond the veil, or take a trip out to devotion fields. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> see your aunt, Mar- your ancestor Maria walking through the field. <laughs> Uh, use the power of a purple candle and this card to deepen your connection with spirit. Grab a small bowl and a piece of paper or napkin. When you are ready, ignite the flame and focus your energy. Speak the affirmation and burn the paper. Repeat the affirmation while your candle burns and release the energy into the universe. And the mantra on the bottom of this is, I am open and receptive. So that's I a nice little bit of spell work that joseph included and it's so weird to like use his name now because now we've in a, we've established kind of a nice little friendship yeah, but yeah. before he was just like he was the, by the moon. he was the creator of the deck but he just felt like a celebrity i know he, no, still, is. He's, he still is he still is to us him. but but it's he's such he's so cool love him I like that card because we were talking about earlier, her meditating, like they like specifically set her up for a scene in which she is trying to connect and relax and tap into, you know, meditation. Uh I love that. That's really, really cool. Yeah. I'm trying to think right now. So that scene where she's meditating in the attic. Mm -hmm. what do you think she's trying to accomplish there? Do you think she's just trying to escape reality for a moment? Or do you think there was an, all, what is it called? An ulterior motive? Because when we see her in the bathroom scene, her, if she is astral projecting there, her motive is to get to Sally. Mm -hmm. She doesn't know Gary arrived yet Mm -mm. at that point, right? Mm -mm. So I'm thinking like, could she have possibly been astral projecting to throw him off course or do something of the sort like but she doesn't know at that point yet so I was just I trying know. to like think of like what is she actually trying to accomplish in that scene when we see her meditating and I think she's doing a little self-care because like honey okay. has been through, through it. it yeah exactly <laughs> exactly and like so when we see her, she is on the floor. She's like rubbing her hands together and she has her eyes closed and she's got those old school headphones yeah. on. So like, I don't think she's astral projecting. I think the astral thing, if that's what she's doing in the bathroom, comes so much more naturally. She can just boom, be there. I think she's really trying to calm and center herself because yeah. she's out of trying like what, what are we going to say? Two weeks? A week? Yeah, a couple of weeks. Maybe, maybe yeah. a week. So um, did you notice the music that she's listening to? In Can you headphones. hear it? I cu- I've never been able to hear I, it. I might be making this up, but I feel like it's sitar music. Which is funny because they have that whole sitar song in Moulin Rouge. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. All connected. All connected. All connected. Let me speak that truth. <laughs> <laughs> I love that movie. What did they say? The sitar uh, player. Unconscious Argentinian. Yeah. John Leguizamo's lisp in that entire movie kills me. So cute yeah he's adorable in that that rendition of roxanne gives me chills Mm -hmm. every time so good along with the tango we love how they made it a tango so good (laughs) yeah so sexy so sexy sexy? the whole scene jealousy i want to go watch that now i know i do too this was jillian this was jillian we hope you guys enjoyed this one it was a lot of fun kind of going down the rabbit hole i didn't we talked about a lot of things I wasn't quite expecting you know like a lot of revelations like that just reading the passages in the book and going through those like picking out things that i'd never even like noticed before she has done the left hand path yeah wow yeah sorry spoilers guys quite a few things but i mean like everybody by now if you're listening you should know there's spoilers Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you started off with this episode shame on you (laughs) we weren't say much. You go start from the beginning. Yeah, but yeah. That's that's Jillian. Um, what Jillian. what character would you be interested? Well, I feel like we kind of have to do Jet next. We do, but I'm really more interested in doing Jimmy. Jimmy. Yeah. Jimmy or Gary. Jimmy. 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 I think we're gonna d- definitely finish off the main characters. So we'll get we'll do Jet. Give her her space. Yes. And then we'll dive into the. I guess the, the secondary characters, the characters yeah. that don't have as much of a forefront, but we still want to know everything about them. Yes. Yeah, we got some socials. Yeah, check us out on Instagram.com slash Magnolia Street Podcast. We're also on the Patreon. If you want to support the podcast, you can support us for as little as one dollar a month. And with that you get access to our patron polls. You get a Patreon you get a, a shout out on the episode. You get a calendar of the upcoming episode. Episodes that month. Yeah. yeah, you get a couple of cool little, cool little things, and then for three dollars a month, you get our show notes and any of our after hours posts and any kind of printables or any little, little tidbits we have. And then for five dollars a month, you can join our private communities on our Discord, on our Facebook. We do one Facebook Live a month, we do one book club meeting a month. So join us on our, on our private communities so we can connect on a, a more personal level with you guys. It enables us to talk to you guys on a little more personal basis. So, for $8, any kind of audiovisual content that we talk about that we're going to post on there after the episodes, any of our song episode material, all the like demos, songs, lyrics, yeah. bonus episodes. You get full versions of interviews that we are doing. So, we have had three to four-hour-long interviews before that we had to cut down, unfortunately, for. The episodes that are for the public but if you're on patreon you get the whole thing yeah also videos home videos stuff from the vaults that you know we haven't shown any or the public not available to the general public if you want all that stuff check out our eight dollar tier. there's a lot of cool stuff up on that tier already yeah right there's meditations over there yeah there's Justina from the past over there you know from the past you make me sound like a time jumper like billy zane <laughs> we have not talked about billy in a while well, here he is. He just manifested into. He this needs. Episode. He needs more time. Not the yeah. end of. Not the end of a character analysis. I know. I know. Well, maybe in the near future we're gonna do another installment of our fan fiction and see oh. how him and Jill. We could have done that today to see how oh, him and Jillian it. were involved. We missed the. We missed the boat. We fucked up. It's alright. Right. Ah. <laughs> Let's see what she does. What? Then. What a, a oh, we missed the one. Because he's bad on both. Bad on boats. Hashtag bad on boats. All right. What else? We have a Gmail. If you want to email us, if you got stuff to talk about, Podcast at gmail.com. Nope. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And also, we do have one more tier. Um, The $15 tier on Patreon uh gives you access to our Marco Polo app. So we can send each other fun little messages throughout the day, every day, on a daily basis, as much or as little as you want to. I think that's all we got, though, for today. We're We're on TikTok. We are on TikTok. We got so many socials. Just look at our Koji. We're social. All of our socials, or all of our links are on our hero source page. That's it, man. I think that's all we got today. I'm Justina. I'm Christina. And And we'll we'll see you next time. At that house, down the street. That house on Magnolia Street. Would you go down to Magnolia Street with a wisteria girl?